Welcome everyone back to the Castaway Consultants where we teach ourselves and future Survivor players how to play the game by criticizing, in this case, former players. I'm one of your hosts, Derek Kubitschek, and today we will be visiting the post-merge of Season 19 of Survivor Samoa. And I am joined by two fabulous co-hosts who are going to run through this with me, starting with Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan Stacy. I'm your resident Survivor superfan who knows everything there is to know about Survivor except when burn books show up. But guess what? There wasn't one this season, so get wrecked, losers. Or was there? Oh my god, did I forget already? <laughs> it was in the uh, the uh, the look beyond episode, uh, yes. or the, the deeper look, it or whatever it's called. A bonus feature. Yes, yes. Of course. And there was actually an extra one also during Fallen Comrades. Oh my that god. That you didn't see. Uh, when I went to the bathroom <laughs> for 20 minutes and missed literally nothing. Are you going to introduce me, Derek? And also, Josh Wessler. I'm sorry, I didn't realize I needed to roll out the red carpet and give you the promenade, boy. Who do you think I am, man? Uh, yes, like he said, I am Josh Wessler, uh, and I also consider myself a super fan since I have now seen every single season of Survivor. Now, not quite as much of a crazy super fan as Ryan, but True. a super fan nonetheless. We're all equals here, except for me and Josh, because I'm above Josh. <laughs> Only slightly. <laughs> some people are just more equal than others? Yes, some, uh. some super fans are just more equal than others. But anyway, getting back on track... We're here to talk about the post-merge of Season 19 of Survivor, and for a reminder out there for any fresh faces or fresh ears, I guess, because we are uh, an audio medium, I have never seen Season 19 before. There are very few things that I knew going into this. I did not know the winner. I had some general ideas of what I thought might happen, and uh, when we get into it, I'll tell you whether or not I was right, but for the most part, I am your green friend. I am the person who did not see this. I have waited so that I can record it with you and for you. Otherwise, this would have been binged in the first six months of the pandemic, <laughs> or before that even. We started this in 2019. Oh, man. Jeez, we're getting old. All right, so the whole point of this podcast is we, we are rewatching Survivor, so you don't have to. There's 41 seasons of Survivor, you know, with the pandemic and stuff, you know, maybe you have time to rewatch all of it. Maybe you don't. If you can only watch some of it and you got to pick and choose, we're here to tell you which ones are must-watch Survivor, which ones do you need to watch. So now that we're done with Survivor Samoa Season 19, gentlemen, I'm going to give the floor to you first, and then I'm going to take the floor for a while because I have thoughts. Um, but I want you two to go first. Is this must-watch Survivor? I'll save the airtime for you. I will say yes. I hate it. From an entertainment standpoint, there's almost nothing here. But if you want to know how to win the game of Survivor, you need to watch at least this post-merge. I did fall on the side that for the mythos, you need to watch the pre-merge. For an entirely different reason, you need to watch the post-merge. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I'm going to say you absolutely can call this must-watch Survivor. It's weird. Just because of the way that the edit is structured, can you really learn from it? Yes, but it's actually hard to, just because of the way that some things are shown to the audience. You, you can learn a little, but you can't learn as much as what you probably should learn from this gameplay. Yeah. So I, I am going to fall on the side of, yes, much watch, because of the mythos and everything like that. A little bit to learn as well, but that's about it. All right. This will be in two parts, one before the spoilers, one after the spoilers. But it is time to, for me to get on a soapbox. First of all, Derek, I'm so proud of you. I just want to say that right now. I, I'm so proud of you because you opened, like, if you want to understand how to win Survivor, this is must-watch Survivor. In my opinion, everything that we have done with the Rewind series building up to this has led to this moment, Season 19, for you. Because along the way, we've had, you know, some ups and downs on, on, on your perception of, of how important the social game is. And you've had ups and downs with it, and sometimes like I, I felt like you've been there, sometimes I felt like you haven't been there. And I was like, okay, but season 19 is the true test. And you passed. You passed, you've got to figure it out. I'm, I'm very proud of you that you, you see 
the truth that is in season 19, that tells me you have what it takes to win Survivor. It's crazy because you've been teasing this to me for the longest time, ever since we started this project. And, and since long before, you've always said there's a moment. There's a moment in Survivor history where it's going to become clear how important the social game is. And I have to say, probably halfway through this post-merge, I was like, I think this is what he's talking about. I mean, you have to read between the lines, but continue on with your soapbox. I like a good Ryan soapbox. All right. So we are 19 seasons in. Out of all 19 seasons of Survivor, the most important season to understand how to win Survivor is season 19. So if you are coming at this from a, a perspective of like, how do you win Survivor? Season 19 is the single most important season up to this point. Number one. Why? I will get into shortly once we get into spoilers so I can talk freely. So go watch season 19 if you want to understand how to win. From an entertainment perspective, I do think this is an entertaining season. I like the post-merge of the season. The problem is the editing. On paper, this is a very fun season to watch in the post-merge. Post-merge. But once you get to the end and realize what actually happens in the season, it's very... It's almost like the show's trying to gaslight you a little bit. So this is one I think that rewards rewatching a little bit. Careful analysis and study is what's required to fully appreciate Survivor Samoa. That's not always what you're here to watch Survivor for. You know, sometimes you just want fun entertainment. If that's what you're here for, skip it. Doesn't matter. You know, it, it's important to the mythos, but like, you know, it's not super fun to watch in the end. But there's so much to learn from this. It, it's just so intrinsically important to understanding this game. So must watch Survivor. Go watch it. Come back. Uh, spoilers. We're going to be spoiling the rest of it. Three, two, one. All right. After this season aired, Russell Hance was basically by almost the entire sport community was considered to be like the most robbed player of all time. He's the greatest ever play. He's uh, Jesus incarnate for Survivor. Just the greatest of all time. And there are people out there who still think that. Most people have come around by now. And I think to fully be able to win Survivor, you need to understand why did Russell lose and why did Natalie win. That is the most important lesson you can learn from this game. A lot of people considered this to be the classic bitter jury. And I think that line of thinking with bitter jury is so flawed because it puts the onus on the jury for how they vote. And that is fully, completely misunderstanding the point of Survivor. You need to get to the end and have them want you to win. If you can't do that, you've misunderstood the game completely. You need the social game. They got they have to want to vote for you. You can get someone who doesn't want for you to vote for you to vote for you, but it's hard. Even if you think Russell should have won and you would have voted for Russell, that's fine. I'm not saying you should have voted for Russell. Everyone can vote for any way, any way you want. I personally think, you know, to, to toss ahead to who we would have voted for, I think I would have voted for Russell. But not everybody thinks that way. And that is so important to understand. The social game is critical and nothing, nothing is a better example of it than this final trouble console. I see exactly where you're coming from. It's been more fun to think about this season or this post-merge after learning the winner than it was to actually watch it. Because I think the edit absolutely did gaslight us. Yes. Because we were led to believe one thing. All of these things that had never done in, in Survivor before, one person was in the driver's seat for essentially the entire post-merge. They flipped an 8-4 numbers. And I mean, I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. So everything should point to that person being rewarded at the end. One thing I do want to admit, like so, social game is clearly the number one thing. It's most important. What that means to different juries is key and that's where you need to understand the people that are on your season if you're on millennials versus gen x i bet russell can win that season 
pending all of the stuff that happened in between the confessionals and in between the strategic moments where everybody was just humoring Russell because whatever. If Russell was anything like he was at the reunion show, there's no way I would have ever given him my vote. Sure. So it absolutely hammers the point home that you can't just make it to the end being the most strategic and most cutthroat person in the room. You need people to want to vote for you. And you already said it, so I won't won't belabor the point, but it's a very important lesson. So I just want to say to anyone out there who's listening to the podcast who still thinks Russell should have won, I'm not saying if you if you think you would have voted for Russell, it's a whole different thing. That's fine. But if you think Russell was deserving of a win over Natalie or you, you just think Natalie had no business winning, you, you've misunderstood Survivor completely and you need to really rethink how you think about the game because you're missing something critically important and, and until you figure that out you can't win this game yeah and as someone who would watch the season a few years ago uh, i watched it before we had done really any of this analysis or anything like that i had watched them in order so one through 19 and i i was i was the type of person who would was so confused so and that's fair. insanely confused, confused. Fair. and i think that most of that has to go to the edit um, but I also just couldn't believe that Russell, I, I couldn't believe that Russell didn't win. And as a viewer, I kind of felt a little bit robbed as well. I, I, I think the difficult part of this is that it is completely dependent on your fellow tribe mates that you're with because Russell could have played the exact same season with a completely different cast and actually won the game. It, it's just the personalities that he's with makes it a really borderline thing that could end up flipping the game. It's like you said, it, it's not necessarily a bitter jury. It's, it's like one step past that where it does end up affecting your entire social game. It wasn't even really a closed vote at the end. Uh, and, and we'll get to all of that. But it, it it's just so interesting how... An, this ended up changing my my viewpoint of how Survivor really ended up working because I just threw everything out the window after after watching this season. I'm like, I don't know anything about this game. <laughs> and it, it really makes you think differently. Now, I will end up saying that uh, I'm not going to go all in to say that Derek has made it. He has plenty of time to regress. <laughs> of course. I, I'm not saying he's made it all the way there. You know, he still has to finish uh, seven more seasons, but... This was the critical point to make it. If he doesn't, if he doesn't pass this test now, I mean, eventually he can make it. But he passed the test on a first try too. And that's huge. That's huge. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of you, Derek. I came into Survivor just as big move era was starting, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you'd call that like the 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 third era or the fourth era of Survivor. Yeah. Um, I think we might be in like a quasi. You, you fifth came era in now. in the middle of the third era of Survivor, and and. I came in as a very, not green as in like innocent, but I mean, you could also say that, but green as in very analytical. If you do like the personality colors quiz, very green, very calculated, very logic driven, very game theory, very Yule. You have compared me to Yule so many times. And I'd like to think that I've seen enough Survivor that I could never go out there and be like Yule now. I just, I, I think that Yule was a very, a very interesting and very unique circumstance where he was able to prevail. But I mean, he also had incredible social skills to go with his analytics. So hopefully I could do that. But I came in where everyone valued it. You know, ah, you cut my throat. Good job. I would have done the same to you. And everyone had that mentality. Season 19, it is very clearly not like that. It's a different era. And also we've seen that in more recent seasons. And I don't really feel like spoiling that, but there have been two out of the last three seasons where very clearly it 
it matters a lot. So we're, we're moving back. We're ebbing back into the social game being by and large, the most important facet of the game. So anyone who's going out there in, in season 42 or 43 and beyond, you need to know this, go watch season 19 and figure out exactly what type of strategy isn't going to work. Um, so I'm happy that I've had someone beat it into my brain because you've never let me forget it, which means that I've always watched every season with, Oh, this is strategy. Oh, this is a physical game. But what's going on in between here? The toughest one to capture on film. And it's the toughest one to edit. And I also think that whoever was editing the season... Ryan, one quick theory on this, or one quick question. So you said that Russell was like steroids for Survivor. I think you might be quoting maybe Rob Sestrinino on yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Survivor Viagra. Survivor Viagra. It's creating water cooler moments. So you could go to work and talk about whatever ridiculous thing that Russell did that day. And, and that makes sense. Do you think that is why the edit purposely gaslit everyone so that when he didn't win... At the end, it would be the biggest water cooler moment. It's almost like season 19 was never intended to give you a coherent story from beginning to end. It was meant to get people talking, and that is it. That'd be giving Survivor producers and editors a ton of credit of being able to have that much foresight, though. Derek, you're like two-thirds right. I'll take it, because this this is all conjecture. The other third (laughs) is, let's get everyone hyped up for season 20. Because that sure. was already planned. Mm-hmm. It was already filmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, season 20 was filmed before the season 19 reunion show. So do with that information what you will. We'll talk about more more about that with season 20. I'll take it. I don't think I knew that. Yep. So season 19 is Infinity War is what you're saying. Yeah. Season 19 is Infinity <laughs> War. Season 20 is Endgame. <laughs> All right. So let's do a quick refresher of the cast. Uh, our final 12. We have four members of the Foa Foa tribe, eight members of Galoo. Coming in from the Foa Foa tribe, we have Jason Robinson, a law student from Chicago, Mick Trimming, a doctor from Los Angeles, Natalie White, a pharmaceutical saleswoman from Arkansas, and Russell Hance, an oil company owner from Texas. And then we have our eight members of Galoo who are definitely going to dominate the entire game. It's eight to four. Yes. What could go wrong? We have Brett Closer, a t-shirt designer from Los Angeles, Dave Ball, a fitness instructor from Los Angeles, Eric Cardona, a bartender from Los Angeles, John Fincher, a rocket scientist from near Los Angeles. Kelly Sharba, a hairstylist from San Diego. Laura Moret, an office manager from Oregon. Monica Padilla, a law student from San Diego. And Shamba Waters, a saleswoman from Washington. That's our final eight. Go West Coast. Uh, from Glue. Yeah, pretty much. Our one person on this tribe who wasn't from the West Coast is gone. That was Russell Swan. Yeah. He just, gone, could, he just couldn't make it. Gone too soon. West Coast, best coast, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then our winner picks. Let's go over those again. Derek, your original winner pick is Brett. It was Brett based on almost absolutely nothing. Not Mike Tyson, but Brett. Yep. Uh, just know, Brett. Easy to confuse. He's still in the game. Yep. And by the way, I said if I could switch, I would. And I used a coin to decide uh, either Laura or Natalie. I landed on Laura. So close. So if I could switch, I would go to Laura. But I'm stuck with Brett. Here we go. And, th- and I was so frustrated because I'm like... Just pick someone, Derek. <laughs> I had just about had a heart attack when we did the coin flip because I'm like, I swear to God, if he lands on Natalie, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. Josh, you originally had Liz. Yes. She was just voted out, most recent vote out, and you switched to Russell Hance. Yes, yes, I did. I had Russell Swan, who's medically evacuated. Otherwise, he would have won, definitely. Uh, and I also switched to Russell Hance. So we'll see how this goes for us. Not well. Not well. I mean, Bar- well, good for a while. Better than Derek. <laughs> Let's not bury the lead here. Slightly better than Derek. All right, you guys ready to jump into these episodes? Let's do. Yes, sir. All right, episode eight, all hell breaks loose. So before the merge even happens, Laura and Shambo get into a big fight about literally everything that's ever happened 
in all of humanity. I don't know. It's just this big dumb fight that happens for no reason. And John has a really funny moment. He's like, yeah, Shambo's crazy. What does it say about you that you pick a fight with a crazy person, Laura? He's got He's a point. Got a point. <laughs> but then the merge comes. So here's what's going to happen. Fofo is going to train wreck and steamroll through this entire post-merge. Because they came in with the United game plan, and Galoo is not united. They're very fa- fractured tribe. And we just saw this last season with Jalapau and Timbira and Token Sheens. You can, whatever numbers is the most united is the one that's going to win out. So keep that in mind. The big numbers doesn't necessarily mean you will win. You need tight numbers. And one of the most important ones is the merge vote. Yes. Arguably the most important vote of any post-merge. Sets the tone, sets the stage for what's, what's to come. Russell comes onto the beach and starts telling everyone he's got the idol. He tells Laura, he tells Monica, and he tells John. And he's trying to get somebody to switch over to his side, basically. Okay, fair. You're in the minority, but you're just, just flashing this idol to anyone who looks your way. I trust you, so I'm only telling you. Okay. You're just flinging poop at the wall. Seeing what'll stick. Laura and Monica are not interested whatsoever. John, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I would say is a good move to at least show that you're a little interested. Sure. And then completely ignore it. But, like, you know, at least show you're interested. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good tactic for right now. He makes the most headway with Shambo, because uh, they're already friends, because Shambo's been to the tribe so many times. But they're also both, like, from the country, they're from the sticks, so they, they actually have a lot in common. So Russell and Shambo are, like, shockingly tight in this post-merge. Yeah, under under told story, I like, kind of just, like, an unexpected connection, I feel like. I feel like it makes sense, though. Shambo wants Laura out, which we discussed in the pre-merge. You don't need to go through that again. <laughs> Truth. Immunity challenge. Who wants to play some T-ball? <laughs> I love the challenge so much. I wish they would do this again. Uh, Rob Sestino, he said this reminded him more of Big Brother than Survivor. And yeah, I can see that. But I also really like it. I, I wish they brought it back. It's the only time we get this. They need they need more like just random challenges like this. Like I, I pair this one and the golf one from whatever season that Gabon. Gabon, yeah. Gabon. Those are very similar just... Uh, on on terms of like kind of like wackiness side and and we need more of that less of just like your stereotypical oh go out and swim and then end up doing a puzzle yeah. at the end it's carnival sports i think it's so weird that rob would say oh this reminds me so much of big brother i have seen exactly one episode of big brother now maybe this is exactly like the one episode of gray's anatomy that i've seen which by the way aside that's the episode where there's like live wires and nearly electrocutes an ambulance someone gets impaled by a candy cane another guy breaks his legs on an elevator that falls through and there's more things that I'm forgetting. Like, that's the only episode of Grey's Anatomy I've seen. I'm like, I can't do this. The only episode of Big Brother I've seen, the challenge, they dressed up like mice, and they had to roll around in some milk, and then there was, like, a laser pointer, giant laser I pointer that. on I the wall. I watched that with you. Yeah, I think I think that was in my old college, like, yeah, dorm. Yeah, yeah, that was in Home Quest. Yeah, and I was like, what am I watching? Like, and they're playing this goofy, belzy music in the background. This is nothing like that. I mean, I could see them playing a gimmicky version of T-Ball on Big Brother with my very limited Big Brother knowledge. Sure. But when people say like, oh, I love Big Brother, I'm like, how though? Like, and that's no, that's no disrespect if you do enjoy, but just know that that was my first like toe dunk in the water was like people literally dressed up as mice rolling around in milk. And I was like, I'm, I, I can't do this. <laughs> just, <right>. Nope. <laughs> I have 38 seasons of Survivor to watch. So on paper, I would probably like Big Brother, but it's just like from what I've seen, it's really obnoxious and they play up all like the really big, loud, like people screaming in their confessionals. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to have a headache. So that's why I don't watch Big Brother. One of these days, I do want to watch season two, because that's allegedly like one of the greatest reality TV show seasons of all time. Sure. But uh, I haven't gotten around to it yet, because, you know, 
We got a Survivor podcast we got to a, do. We got a Survivor Too podcast Too much reality to TV. So John and Laura each win immunity because they one man and one woman each get to win. John and Laura win. Shambles pissed. <laughs> she wants Laura out. So Galoo, the plan is for them. They all know Russell's got the idol. So, okay, make Russell think he's going, but actually put all the votes on Jason. Perfect. This is a great, this is a great plan. John has the idea. He wants to take out Monica because he wants to weaken the bond between Laura and Monica because they're super tight. And Eric gets on board with that plan. He's like, you know what? Yeah, we should separate them. Dude, why? You're at the final 12. And I don't think we can undersell it. So John gave birth to this idea, but Eric immediately adopted it, took on full custody, started going to like the PTA meetings and like all of it. I'm like, whoa, 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 dude, you had, you had your own child. Like, I mean, that's nothing against adoption here, but like you had the better plan. Yep. So Eric takes charge of this plan and basically he goes to tell uh, Natalie, Jason, and Mick, hey, you guys need to vote for Monica. If you don't do that, I don't know what's going to happen to me. You could probably go home. He's a real jerk about it. It's, a, it's like that mafia guy who walks in like, if you don't pay us for protection, I can't guarantee your safety. <laughs> but, you know, Eric's L.A. douchey bartender, so it's a lot less cool when he says <laughs> And Jason's, you know what, uh, Jason says, you know what, I don't really like Eric. Let's vote for Eric. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Jason's like, if I could beat him, go farther than him, I'll be happy. You know, and I think it's funny, normally stuff like this materializes as you cut away to a confessional or to a different conversation. Eric walked away from the campfire and Jason immediately turned to, like, Natalie and was like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. Like <laughs> he required no time to think about that. <laughs> I really like Jason as a person. He's not the best survivor player, but I really like the guy. Yeah, he he definitely fades away towards the end of the game, but he he kicks off this entire thing. His comedic timing is brilliant. You know, and I think that's gonna chop. We could chalk that up to body type. You know, we've seen this before. The really tall, skinny guys they don't last. They waste away quicker. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I think that happens to Jason. The Mitching. Yeah, Mitch from <laughs> Australia is like the number one example. Natalie is the one who really executes this plan. Now, and this is her, you know, this is our winner. She's not going to do much in this post-merge, but this is her big move because she executes this plan. She tells Laura and eventually Kelly, like, hey, Eric's gunning for Monica. He told us all to vote for her. So why don't we just get rid of Eric instead? And for whatever reason, Laura and Kelly like Natalie enough to go along with this plan to take out Eric instead. And reminder, for those who forgot, Laura and Natalie were able to connect when Laura spent yep. time on the Foa Foa Beach. I think that paid off immediate dividends, and I'm sure they sold it as, listen, you're up eight to four. What's the difference between eight and four and seven and four? It's the same thing. Yep. <sighs> but it's, a, it's an easy way to get people, though. But you can't do that. Like, even Shambo, who liked the Foa Foa, was like, uh, no, that's, that is not a good, that is a negatory. I'm not doing that. Nope. Why would I do, I like you. I do, I like you. But I'm not going to burn a million dollars for you. just turned into Goodfellas? Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to go to Tribal Council. Uh, Russell's going to play his idol because he just doesn't, Natalie's like, hey, no, it's okay. I think we got this. And Russell just doesn't trust that Natalie has got this. I can't really blame him because... You know, they could, this all, you know, the original plan was to try and make him flush his idol. So I don't really blame Russell for playing his idol here. I probably would have done the same thing. Well, I mean, and you're at the merge vote. Like, if you want to get through one vote just because everything can change, just 
the very next day. It's the merge vote. So I am not going to fault him. Also, he found this idol without any clues what's saying that he's not going to find another one. Oh, like he's immediately going to do? What? <laughs> Hold on, don't get ahead of ourselves. Spoilers. But, but yeah, absolutely, it's the right move. I will go so far as to say it's the right move for Russell to play the idol. So it's end up going to be 10 votes for Eric and two votes for Jason Shambo and Eric obviously voting correctly. Blue I, needed to stay together. This is not great. Yeah, and I and I don't understand what Chambo is doing because she was completely clued in on this plan too. Like we even get a great quote from her that's basically just like, "Eric, who's like like who? Our <laughs> Eric? Our Eric?" <laughs> Their original plan to vote Ru- or vote for Jason but trick Russell into playing Zettel was perfect. I don't fault Kelly and Laura as much, and, and definitely not Monica because Eric is coming for him. This is Eric and John's fault. Laura and Kelly and Monica don't help, but I can't fault them too much, especially Monica. So let's just lay all the blame at Eric and John. Fair enough. All right. Josh, best player of the episode. Who do you got? I mean, I think there's a couple of options. I'm going to say good on Laura for winning immunity uh, because we didn't really touch on it, but like she was target number one. Like there was a plan together to get her out before this. Now she didn't really know about it that much. So it's not like, oh, like you knew that you had to win immunity. Otherwise you were going to be going home. More of an honorable mention than anything, just for her. I'm going to end up giving it to Natalie, just for being the executioner uh, of, of this entire plan. Jason kicked it off in a very comedic fashion, but then in very Jason just style, didn't do anything after that. <laughs> so, and maybe he did worked on like Dave and stuff I mean, yeah, like that. He, yeah, the he focus went, he, was Natalie. He went and talked to some of the others, but at least Natalie got the key components to switch, uh, who then rippled out and got others to switch after that. I agree completely. I have Natalie. So I originally had Jason for being the person who executed on this plan. But honestly, after talking about it even further and realizing that it really was Natalie's bond with Laura that really helped put the bow on this plan, on this turnaround, on this reversal, two points to Natalie. Um, So it's got to be Natalie, even though I do love that Jason was just like, hey, why don't we just do the thing that works best for us? Why don't we just not go with their plan? I don't like Eric. Let's vote for Eric. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it was like the biggest, like, why not? Like, it's not impossible until it's not done. And they managed to pull it off. But I will give more credit to Natalie, especially on upon reflection and thinking about it. So it was originally Jason. Credit to you guys for calling that first. But I'm switching to Natalie. Thanks, it helps man. that we've seen this season before. <laughs> we, we have a slight advantage. Uh, Josh, worst player of the episode. I really want to give it to John uh, just because he was right there with Eric with getting this move going. But I, I feel like I need to give it to Shambo instead just because she also was a part of the original plan to go against a member of Galoo, uh, which probably shouldn't do it. Even if she's going to switch her alliances, do it on the next vote. Uh, get through the merge vote, and then you can go and do whatever weird realignment that you want to do. So not only uh, was she a part of that original plan to go against Galoo, but then the second plan to vote out someone from Galoo, she didn't even vote for the right person. She, it was just her and Eric, at the end, voting for the wrong person. It has to be Shambo. Plus, she fought with Laura quite a bit at the beginning of the episode. Not great. I'm going to go with the person who really lexed this up, and it's John. There is such a fine line between the Yule and the John. Because John, the intellectual, 100% overthought this. And because he is very smart, talked Eric into doing this. And Eric, being a guy who's a, a man of action, get out there, you know, boots on the ground. I don't think John realized that he, like, wound Eric up 
<laughs> you know, like one of the little monkeys with like symbols and just bang, 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 bang. I'm going to make a ton of noise around camp and I'm going to completely cause Galoo to implode. I know that that is like future-oriented thinking, but you turned the tribe on itself when even though on shaky ground, you were, you had a clear plan to flush the idol and take out Jason. So John, congratulations, you overthought it and it, it screws everything up. And I still put John at the time, but I will see this through to fruition that this is all John's fault. A very strong dishonorable mention. Sure. Uh, it, it, it is very close for me. Dishonorable mention, John. For, for sure. the record, I understand why you would say Shambo. If you, you put score tallies on paper, Shambo did more things wrong. But John, man, dude. John you, screwed up. If you misuse your power, bro, you can't do that. John ended up voting on, on the right side of the numbers, but, you know. He didn't want to, but he did. So, you know, credit there. But yeah, definitely dishonorable mention. Episode 9, Tastes Like Chicken. Russell's going next. Obviously, nothing can change that. And then we get a little aside where Natalie kills a rat. And she's like the Southern Belle, a little prissy, and she kills a rat, and they eat it. And that's going to be a big deal. You know, anyone else does that, no one cares. But it's because Natalie did it. Yeah. Anton Ego's not going to get his ratatouille, unfortunately. Yeah, womp womp. Little Remy's gone. And Rattley was born. <laughs> So we get a reward challenge. It's random draw. So it'd be, there's 11 people left, five and five. Natalie is the one person who doesn't get picked. She gets to pick a tribe, or a team. And if they win reward, she gets to join them. If they don't, she goes back to camp with them. The way the random draw worked is all three of her FOA FOA members were on one team. And she picks that team. So no matter what happens, she is going to be with the other four FOA FOA, or the other three FOA FOA members. That does no good. You got to cover ground and build relationships. She needed to pick the other team just so she's with them and she can work her magic whether they win or lose. It doesn't matter. More important than the reward. And she's, she picks the team that loses anyway, so not only does she pick wrong, they lose. It's an interesting predicament because I would normally agree with you, but I think I have to disagree because Russell Hands is on FOA FOA, and you know that he would use every bit of that to say, well, that's really interesting that Natalie would choose not to back her teammates. That's a pretty silly decision. But if she comes back with an idle clue, more info, and better relationships... It might be better for her. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's nearly as clear-cut as you're making it out to be. But I think I'll still fall on it maybe being the right move, so I'll, I'll walk it back a little bit. But it's not so black and white, because you need to make sure that you keep FOA FOA for strong. Because Galu is still fractured and now on their back heel. So it makes sense for all four of you to be together and try and put forth a united effort. So I can see it either way. I'm actually a little bit more on Derek's side with this. He made one good point is that you have Russell on that other side. And we saw how many times in the pre-merge up to this point, him saying, him recognizing when a girl might be a little too smart or a little bit too dangerous. And if he sees that you're being buddy-buddy with people from the other tribe, making relationships, who knows what you're talking about? You're automatically going to be looked at maybe as not just like his girl side piece that he's bringing along to the end of the game anymore. You're now maybe a threat. And that just piques your interest a little bit. But they got to get past the final 11 for any of this to matter. I I know. I Divide know. and conquer. So I, I think this is a terrible move for Natalie and completely uh, ill thought out. Later on in the post-merge, Russell is going to do this exact thing to Natalie where she picks Brett to be on her challenge reward team first. And he's like... That was very interesting of her. Why yeah, would she final do that? six is different than final 11. I, I, I understand that, but seven to four is still really long odds. Maybe you want to be united. I'm just saying it's not as clear cut. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Russell's going to find another idol without a clue. Wow. 
crazy. Good you know, for him. I'd, I'd love to say to no surprise, I've seen Ben Drebergen play. This is two idols without clues. Changes everything. It, and was it, this the one that was underneath the bridge? Yep. This is the yeah, bridge idol. That, that, that was a very memorable one. The, the first one was obviously memorable, but it, it was at a giant landmark that it was, under a bridge was a little bit obvious. <laughs> this one was a little less that way. This one was a little bit more covering all of your ground. So it's almost a little bit more impressive than the first one. Wasn't in camp. It was out in the woods. Mm-hmm. So he tells Shambo immediately, and this wins her over. She's like, cool, we got a plan to take out Laura. And if, if Laura wins immunity, we'll take out her closest ally and bigger threat than Monica, Kelly. Great. I mean, I can understand why Shambo would I want to flip, obviously, on Laura. It makes sense. But this is great for Russell. Excellent. I, I don't know, because he had Shambo against Laura in the last episode. So did he really need to show the idol for her to flip? Yes, because, you know, now they have a way to do it, whereas before they didn't have a way to do it. And also remembering, like, I did say on the podcast even, Shambo said, I like you, but I'm not going to be stupid here. Mm-hmm. And this is showing, oh, okay, so you're not really, like, going with you is maybe not as stupid as it was a couple days ago. It's starting to blossom a little bit. The The candle is still burning. The light may be dim, but it is there. Laura wins immunity. <laughs> Womp womp. <laughs> so Galoo, their plan is to vote Russell. He doesn't have an idol anymore. Obviously, he didn't get, on, get a new one. We could just take him out. Yeah, Great. That'd be crazy. E- easy peasy. Monica and John both bring up the fact, like, he could have found another idol. And Dave's like, nah, that wouldn't have happened. Yes. Like, that is dismissive. But, like, even if, like, they were really worried about it, what could you do? It's not like you can split the votes anymore. It's four and three versus four. You have to throw all your votes on one person. You could, you know, and... The longer you wait, the more likely Russell is to find an idol. My big issue with Dave's plan is he is honed in on Russell. He should not be, because Russell is the most likely of the four to find the idol. If you get one Fofo member out, you can split the votes again and then target Russell, with or without an idol. Play for the next vote until you get the numbers back. So play it smart, hedge your bet, take out a Natalie, take out a Jason. I, I don't care who. Take out a Mick. I think you're asking too much of season 19 cast members, season 20, 21 cast members. I think you can ask that of them because, you know, it's a post-Russell Hans world. But up to that point, this is not a thing to worry about because it hadn't happened before. So, I mean, I think you're right, but I think you're asking a little too much. But, like, we've had Plan Voodoo. So, like, everything post-Plan Voodoo, you need to understand idle flushes and you need to understand all of these game mechanics. I mean, in terms of the fact that how does Russell have another idol already? I, and I get that. Unprecedented. I, I get that it's unprecedented, but he's already done it once, and he bragged about it, and everybody knew. And that, like, the fact that John and Monica brought this up on the beach gives credence and validity to my argument that maybe you should have done it when two people go to Dave, and then Dave is like, ah, nah, no, that that's complacency, bro. You can't do that. So I'm I'm very critical of this moment mm. for Dave, and I think it's actually the second most critical moment in the entire post merge yeah. um, for the downfall of Galoo. So. Yeah, okay. I, I think the, I thought the Russell vote was fine just because, like, the longer you wait to take out Russell, the more likely he is to have an idol. This is the least likely moment for him to have one. But, you know, if you if you take out Mika Jason and then you wait until you just have Natalie and uh, Russell left, you could do that and then you split and you can flush that all that way. But there, then Russell There could is be, a little bit of logic you, there. You could go that route. You could go route that route. I think Dave's plan does have logic to it. I don't want to say it doesn't have any logic it's, to it. So as with all great things, there is an it depends factor. There's ambiguity. Yep. In my head, it would make sense to 
not do the obvious thing, which is target Russell because he's, you know, wrestling everybody's jimmies. You don't want that. But you, we see it all the time where people keep around unlikable, unpredictable people because they have no choice and that X factor is too dangerous to be ignored. They should have not ignored it, and they kind of did. They're like, ah, I got to take our shot now. No, 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 no. You have time. You have time. Uh, they should have prayed for time, and they did not. But I, I see your point, though. Dave's plan, it, it does have some, it does hold water. Especially in season 19. I think it's, 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 it gets worse as we go on, but at the time, I think it was mostly fine. So if you're in season 43, you listen to Derek. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. There you go. <laughs> I think that's fair. Compromise. Travel Council, Eric gets absolutely dunked on repeatedly by everyone at Travel Council, which is very funny. Well, he's there. Well, he's there. He's on the jury. <laughs> Russell plays his idol. It's seven votes for Russell, and they had a plan. Uh, Shamba was going to vote along with Galoo because she knew about the idol, but like just to like cover her bases and uh, deny plausible deniability. Seven votes for Russell. All do not count. Four votes for Kelly. Best idol play to date, right through nineteen seasons. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Most efficient. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, and Kelly, I think, was a, a good target to to you take out the person Shamba wants because she'll she'll team up with you. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fine. Who cares? And, and great on them. I'm not sure if it was Shambo's idea or someone else's idea for her to stay aligned with Glue, just kind of behind the scenes yeah. and, and and vote with them because you know she knows that it doesn't matter. So good on whoever decided. I think that, that was Russell, but I, I think it was Russell and Shambo talking about it. But uh, I can't remember for sure. Derek, who do you have best player of the episode? I have hands. It's for finding the idol, playing the idol. He played the old draw the fire to me. So he made sure that everyone was going to vote for him no matter what. And you know what? Maybe this added fuel to the flame that ultimately leads to his downfall. But within the context and the story of this episode and continuing the FOA FOA Galu turnaround, this was key is Russell. Uh, Yeah, he found an idol without a clue. And then everything else is Derek said. Russell. Sorry, Josh. So for those of you who don't know, Josh does not watch every episode. He watches the premiere, the merge, and the finale. For any of the other episodes, if there is a, a disagreement between Derek and myself, Josh is our tiebreaker. This time, Josh gets to do nothing. Yep. And I would like to just be a little bit careful just because I don't want every like move that Russell makes that ends up being negative for other people to automatically be like, who knows? This could have been where Russell lost some votes. It was either... He he plays it up and has them vote for him, or he goes home. Oh, I I totally get it. That's why I said within or the context of this episode, yeah. this was absolutely what he needed to do. At least what we were fed in the edit. Mm-hmm. It's more trying to be careful not to make it sound like those things could potentially be bad moves. Right. Yeah. The moves themselves, I think Russell makes, are fine to excellent. It's the way he does. I would say most of them are actually closer to being excellent. Yeah, I would would agree. The problem he runs into is his his attitude about it. He's very overconfident. I think that's a very fine line in confidence and overconfidence. And borderline cocky. Borderline cocky. He's a little bit of a jerk. Borderline. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he's, there's probably, you know, just based on what I know from Russell, there's probably more footage that we didn't see of him being a jerk. Can't say for sure. But I'd, I would, lo- I'd love to see the raw footage. I would someday. love to see the raw footage on this one. Uh, <laughs> Release the tapes. Release the Snyder cut of season nineteen. <laughs> Release the Snyder cut. But yeah, so Russell's big problem is the way it's it's not what he says; it's how he says it. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why that's why Russell loses. To be honest. So Russell, best player. Derek, we got for worst player. I already kind of said this already. It's Dave. Okay. Um, I think the fact that Dave ignored the cries from Monica and John to be wary of Russell. And to maybe target somebody else is ultimately going to lead to Galu's entire downfall. It's just a continued cascade from what happened last episode where Eric absolutely messed up. And now we've got Dave absolutely messing up again. And it's just these compounding mistakes. And 
that dismissive attitude is what gets you voted out in any season of Survivor. So I give it to Dave. I think Dave's logic was mostly sound. So I'm not going to give it to Dave. I'm going to give it to Natalie because I hated her choice for the reward challenge so much. And she, she really didn't have anything to do with the actual results of the episode. She was just a number. But I hated her reward choice so much because divide and conquer is the way to go here. I don't think I'm going to end up winning this one. But my worst player is Natalie. Uh, I mean, you don't have a bad argument, but it, it's kind of like... I half agree with both of you. Okay. Like, I, it's it's like, it's like, yeah, I guess Derek has a point with Dave, and yeah, I guess Ryan has a point with Natalie. But at least during our conversation of this episode, I did side with Derek on both of those things, so I am going to go with Derek on this one. I've done it. Congrats. It's about time. I can't believe I've done this. I can't, I can't believe you've done this. I just want to point out one thing. The Legend of Purple Kelly... This is not Purple Kelly. I know she was Kelly from the Purple Tribe, but I just want to reiterate, this is not Purple Kelly. And let's also be honest, Kelly is very purple as well. She's Kelly from the Purple Tribe, and she is very purple. She gets a purple edit. But this is not Purple Kelly. This is pre-Purple Kelly. I think it's so funny that Purple Kelly is one of the only people from my lost seasons that I know of, like that I know exists. Yeah, Derek has no idea when she comes up or who she is, and what she looks like. And famous for being completely invisible. I probably won't even know her until she gets voted out. It'll be, it'll be like sixth <laughs> yeah. place in the post-merge, and I'll be like, oh, you. When she finally gets confessional, you're going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think she's the record for latest confessionals. Like, like it might be like seven episodes. Every single time like there's a Kelly in any season, yeah. Derek's going to be just looking and watching and waiting. We've had plenty of Kellys already. Yeah. One of the most common names in Survivor, so we'll see when uh, the real Purple Kelly shows up. Yeah. No, none of these uh, these faux Kellys. Yeah, like, faux we, Kelly. we need the real Kellys. Episode 10, The Day of Reckoning. Shambo talks to John. She is flipped. She is now Foa Foa. She wants Laura out next and wants John to join because right now, if Shambo is flipped, it's a 5 5. They need one more to, so they don't have to tie. John's like, well, crap. <laughs> Brett, Dave, Laura, Natalie, and Russell, they all win reward. They get a, an idle clue uh, on a cell phone. They get a video idle clue, which is kind of cool. Uh, a little different. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, they're obviously uh, schlubbing for Verizon or whoever it was, but, <laughs> you know, getting a video clue is kind of interesting. Is it weird that I kind of miss the sh- the corporate schluzzing? Oh, 100%. Like, we, we haven't even gotten the best ones yet. I'm, I'm, oh, there's some great ones. I mean, what can possibly beat the mini fridge of Mountain Dew? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what can beat that indeed? Was that Amazon that that was... Uh, I think the Mountain Dew was in Australia, but I, I remember Coca-Cola that. I mean, I, I remember like s- like Seven Up or something. Or yeah, I don't, yeah. There, there's been some good ones. Marquesas. Yeah, I remember uh, in Marquesas they got Sierra Mist. I never heard of Sierra Mist before. I'm like, what's that? That sounds so cool. It's just just Sprite. <laughs> I have I have one specific one that I'm thinking of that I can't wait to yep. get to. And yep. Yeah, I know exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're thinking of the same one. I think we are. I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> There's two really good ones left to come, but there's one that's just the best. Um, I, Derek probably <laughs> knows about this, and I'm sure I've talked to him about it before. But we'll, we'll see. So Jason and Mick, they try to they they go to work on Monica to try and get her to flip. They need that fifth person. They're like, we have somebody. We got five at this time. Monica's like, no, it's not. You only have four. No, we have somebody. We're not gonna name names, but we got somebody. <laughs> I don't know. I just found this funny that Monica isn't getting that they had a fifth person, but you only have four. No, no, you would be number six. You get it? Hint, hint. Now, without any further information, yeah. you should be skeptical. But as in the, the viewer, it is comical because you know that Shambo slipped, but Monica's just... What? I mean, but she they she should also be able to just use deductive reasoning oh, to figure out, flipped. hmm, who's the one person that could have flipped? 
Hmm. Maybe it's her not wanting to name a name because if she says, oh, did Shambo flip, then in her mind, Jason and company could go to Shambo and be like, yo, Monica just accused you of being a flipper. Which if she did think of it in that way, then good on her because people have done that in the past yep. and have really messed up. Yeah, it, you know, I wish we'd gotten more from Monica because, you know, jumping ahead in Monica's boot episode, she's great. Oh, my goodness. She's a ton of personality. In her boot episode alone, I've decided that Monica was criminally underedited yep. this entire season. Yep. We get a big idol hunt. Uh, it's not just Russell going hunting for the idol this time. Uh, the others who are on their award, they're going to go for it, too. And this is just fantastic. So Russell is at the area where he knows the idol is, and he thinks he, it's under a rock, and he, and he thinks he knows where it is. Dave is right next to him. And he needs to get rid of Dave. So Russell's like, all right. And he just starts running. And he's like, oh, are you going to chase me, Dave? And Dave's like, right, let's go. And they start running. And then they get a little bit away from it. And Russell just dead sprints away. Just gone into the jungle. Circles back around to where he was and gets the idol. It's fantastic. And I can just picture it. Just low center of gravity, Russell. You've seen it in challenges. The way he looks almost comical running full sprint. Yep. I can just picture it just in the woods. It is really crazy. Though, like when you like think about it and you go and watch any challenge that has a gravity. And like uh, low center of gravity is important balance in some way. And then Russell just blasts right through it. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was incredible. Incredibly talented at all of these, uh, all of these challenges at one way or another. I'm not saying that I wasn't expecting differently. It was just impressive. Yeah. It was just impressive. This one specific thing he's really good at and pops up from time to time. It's really cool. So Russell's got another idol. Womp womp. Mick wins immunity. Hooray. Hooray. Mick dreamy. Yeah, this was the, the spear challenge, yeah. right? Spear yeah. challenge. Very gimmicky, fluky challenge. That, and very random. Mario chance time kind of BS. The beginning of Mick's winner edit. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> so Shambo tells Brett that she's voting for Laura. And it's the end of Galoo. And basically, they're just trying to put on a, a pressure on some Galoo member to flip. Like, somebody's going to flip and they don't want to go to rocks. That's what they're banking on. Yeah, that's effective. How many times have we got a rock in Survivor history? Three times. And how many through 19 seasons? Through 19, once. I was going to say, that's season four, right? Yeah, just season four. And, and that was... nobody wants to go out like that. No. Do you think that they would have? If, like, doesn't flip and they do end up tying. If John stays strong, I think they would have gone to rocks. Hmm. I think this could have been it. But there's always one, or almost always one. Glue's going to vote for Natalie because, you know, they, they touched the stove last time and got burned. So it's just like, Natalie, she saved. We'll get rid of her. Monica tries this plan. That's pretty good. She's like, ah, guys, Foa Foa, how about we all vote for John? I'll vote with you to vote for John to try and get like a 5-4-1 split to happen so they can knock out Natalie. Doesn't work. Commendable for trying, Monica. You're coming up with something. It was impressive uh, of Foa Foa to realize that Shambo was voting for Laura, yep. no matter what. I think Russell even says, Shambo votes with emotion and plays with emotion only. Let us use that as a weapon. Powerful weapon. Uh, this is the old uh, uh, the old Dr. Sean using their vote against them because Laura had no immunity. Shambo was voting for Laura no matter what else happened. Pile on. Heck with the consequences. Who cares about the million dollars? My vo- I am writing down Laura's name. J for Jenna, L for Laura. That's where we are. <laughs> But Monica's plan is like, hey, I'll vote for John. And so Brett tells John this plan for some stupid reason. And John's like, um, what? My name is the backup plan? Uh, no, this is not okay. <laughs> so this puts the fear of God into John. If Brett hadn't told John, they might have been able to get away with this. But no, they're not going to get away with this. So John goes to Russell and basically is like, all right, like after the tie, we'll, we'll tie 5-5 five, five, and then I'll flip. Basically. Good job, Brett. <laughs> 
Who are who is Brett? But good job. Just Brett. He's just Brett. He's not. Hey, like hey, that. hold on. That is my winner pick, Brett, and you will address him as such. Who? <laughs> Derek's winner pick, Brett. Thank you. Not Mike Tyson. <laughs> not Mike Tyson. Derek's winner pick, not Mike Tyson, Brett. Tribal Council. Five votes for Laura. Five votes for Natalie. Reboot. John flips. Laura is out of the game. John should not have flipped. This should have been the, honestly the best move. Rocks. For everyone involved, the best move is rocks. And I mean, I know we go into best and worst. Can we start with worst? Yes. Worst is John. Yup. He flipped on Lawrence to go into rocks. This is a terrible move. He sinks his own game and sinks the rest of Galoo along with him. What's crazy is the one time that we've gone to rocks so far, it was four people, right? That's 25% chance of going home. You don't like those odds. That's bad. There would be eight people going to rocks right now. That's 12.5%. Hey, rocket scientist. Those are pretty darn good odds, especially when you could very well be the next person voted out. I can tell you the payout between 10th and 9th place isn't that big of a gap. Go to rocks. Go for the win. Because you should also know by now that Foa Foa is not cracking. And Shambo has officially flipped. If you don't get one of those five, but I mean four in the rock draw, if you don't get one of those four out now, it's, it, Bob's your uncle. You're six feet under, bro. If John goes to rocks and his side wins... He's in the final three because look who's with him. It's Dave and Brett, who he's really tight with, and then Laura and Monica, who they want out. John's in the final three. He probably doesn't win. But uh, a lot can change. A lot can change. But he, he makes the journey. Yep. And, I mean, like, I, I think it is a good point that it would end up being a, like, a 50-50 shot of him actually being on the right side just based on, you know, you still need your team to win the rock draw. So it's, it, it is, it's more than just looking at that 12% or 12.5, whatever you said. Yeah. Percent. It is more of like a 50-50 yeah. for him. And Mick's got immunity, so it is slightly less so than 50-50. the reason that I'm saying 12.5% is the reason that he doesn't go through with rocks is because he absolutely refuses to go home when he can 100% save himself for this vote. Mm-hmm. Which tells me that, be damned, what happens after this vote. So if we're looking at it apples to apples, okay, if we're just thinking about right now, 12.5% to potentially get you to the top three is a lot different than 100% tonight and what, 25% tomorrow or 75% tomorrow, 66% the next day, 50% the next day, and then gone. He's like way too short term. Yes. Like we say, don't be thinking about day 39 on day one. But you know what? On day like 27, you need to be thinking about day 36. Play to win. So uh, yeah, John was the worst. How about best, Ryan? Uh, I got Russell. He gave Dave the slip very nicely, found the idol, and he knocked Laura out of the game by using Shambo's emotional shotgun. Absolutely. And this was another very poorly edited episode. If you're looking for a nice round edit, this was very Russell-centric again. So we didn't really get to see a whole lot else go correctly except for what Russell wanted. This was the Russell Shambo John show this episode. Yeah. It was the Russell Shambo featuring John. Featuring John. Like, if it was a morning radio show, like, it's with John in the morning. Yeah. Special guest. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been, on a, I've been a host on this show for four months. Special guest. Extra intern, special guest. Intern John. <laughs> intern John. Laura is gone. Laura will play again. No. Do we want to see it? No. Derek. Why? Why? I'll tell you why in a second. Oh. Josh. <gasps> Do you want to see it? I mean, I don't need it. No. Especially, like, backstory, knowing more about Laura outside of I don't want her back. Here's why she's back. She's a grandma. She's a daughter. Uh, teen pregnancy. Very Christian. Religious. There's a story there. Okay. And I'm going to spoil a little bit, but Derek already knows this because Derek has seen Laura play. Someone's going to vote out their mom. 
I completely forgot that that was her. And I and the second you're like she plays again, I was like, no, no, she does not have a daughter named Sierra. She has a daughter named Sierra. <laughs> oh my god! But absolutely not. I don't want to see her again. No, not, not based on this. And you know what? Maybe a lot of this is the crappy edit, but I have to assume that if there was enough there, they would have shown it. But clearly they didn't, and I just, I don't know. It, she wasn't bad. There was just no reason that I would want to see her again. Especially not on, I guess, this cast. I'd pick almost no returners from this cast. Almost no. Russell Swan from last time. Yep. Um, and we'll see if anybody else from this season returns. We'll, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. But Eric and Kelly, no. <laughs> no. But yeah, Laura will come back. <laughs> and I think she was cast because, you know, Sierra is yep. pretty good. So I think it was more like, uh, Sierra. <laughs> sure. Who has interesting family members? All right, Laura, you were all right on the show. You have, but you have the Sierra dynamic. Come on, come on in. And I think Survivor's pretty happy with how it worked out. Wow, Sierra looks exactly like her mom. <laughs> wow. Does. I've never... Genetics work. I have not thought about this. <laughs> uh, Josh and I were messaging each other during the show because Josh was like, "Does Eric know?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like no," because I almost met like there were like three times during like the finale or like the uh, like the recap area where they were just talking about her and like I'm a grandmother or whatever, and then Derek brings up like grandmother, like how old are her kids, like. And she's like 38, 39. Yeah. And, season era. and I just like looked at Derek and I'm like, oh my gosh, he doesn't know. I really didn't put the pieces together. <laughs> and I was, and I was like, so close to saying it. And you didn't know. I was very thankful because I was like, I can't wait to get this on recording because Derek's mind's going to be blown. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, his his facial expression was priceless on this. <laughs> I almost wish we had had a, a Kodak moment where, oh my gosh, yeah, it was great. No, wow, okay, and now I can't unsee it. Holy mm-hmm. wow, okay. Episode eleven, a closer look, which is a like a look back at all the previous days, the bonus scenes, and we're done. No, hold on. At the end, Shambo sings "Eye of the Tiger" for like thirty seconds. Why would they pay for that? I don't know why they would pay for that. And by the way, the only reason I saw that is because I fast-forwarded through the whole thing. <laughs> but because Paramount Plus has a very interesting uh, user interface, the easiest... Uh, interesting meaning bad. The, the best way to get to the next episode so that you can keep clicking on the, you know, view next time is to just fast-forward through the episode and then, like, press play with 30 seconds to go. I'm like... They got sued for the happy birthday song, and uh, they cut some Rob Sesternino vote-out confessional where it's like, you know, the, the, the na-na-na-na goodbye or whatever. And then they let Shambo sing Eye of the Tiger for 30 seconds? Okay, that's the one interesting thing I've ever seen on a Closer Look episode. And to be fair to the Closer Look episodes, they do have interesting stuff sometimes. It's just like, that's not what we're here for. Truth. I'm going to be honest, I watched all of them when I was watching yeah, through these seasons. I've seen all of them. I've never rewatched any of them. I don't know. I bet if you were going to pick one closer look out of all of them, this would, this should probably be the one just because you might actually get an, a more inside look at maybe Russell or some of the other people that they haven't shown in the edit yet. You know, I think I have heard that this is the best one of all the closer looks is Samoa's. You're like, oh, look at these people I don't know as much. <laughs> maybe I'll go back and check this one out post-recording. We'll, we'll do a best and worst for uh, there we go. Uh, but closer look episodes. <laughs> episode 12 is off with their heads. We get the Survivor Auction. Jason forgoes buying food and buys an advantage for the immunity challenge. Good job. Excellent move. John, and we've seen this before. John buys an idol clue. He doesn't know if Russell's got the idol yet. And if he does, or, you know, maybe there's another idol, you know, might as well go for it. So uh, mul- multiple advantages two. that uh, are in auctions. Now, the idol's the way gone. That it, the way that it should be. John can't find the idol uh, with the clue, so he's like, all right, Russell's got it. Fair. <laughs> I think it's so funny. For all the dumb things that John does, he's like, oh, yeah, 
Russell's got the idol. Of course. What? Duh. Duh. So not necessarily money wasted, though, because that you basically bought information. Yeah. Now, you know. <laughs> Reward someone, in the form of information. So like you you could idol. look at it being like, ah, it's kind of weird that they like sold the idol clue when the idol was already found, but it ended up being information, so not bad. Shambo takes charge of cooking. They're going to cook a chicken. And she and Dave get into a big fight about the proper way to cook it. And it's stupid and dumb. But that night, Shambo has a dream that they vote out Dave. So now that's the plan. We got to vote out Dave because it's Shambo's dream. Uh, dream one. Cool. I mean, you know, the last time we had a survivor who had a, like a dream, it was Cowboy's plan voodoo. So, like, dreams are powerful dream. in the mythos of Survivor. It's true, you And know. maybe the Dave vote out will be the next big thing that's talked about for generations to come. It will All the be. way up to season 41. Oh, we I mean, we're talking about it. We, st we still talk about it. So Jason uses his advantage in the immunity challenge, which he wins. I think it was very overpowered because basically you were holding up a log and you were holding on with a rope that was knotted. And so, you know, there was something to, to brace your hand against. And at any point, and he would move back like every five minutes, he would yep. move back a knot. And Jason could play it and he could like go forward two knots. So he would have an advantage. But once you get to the end of the rope, there's no knot. And it's basically your hand is going to slip out because of sweat. Jason never has to go to that point. He gets to stay on the knot, two knots ahead forever. I think what it, a better way to do it would have been like, okay, Jason, you got five more minutes, and then you move back. Jason, five more minutes? All right, now you're back. So it's just basically you get ten extra minutes, a ten-minute safety cushion to uh, to win the challenge before you're on the end where your hand is literally just slipping through and there's nothing you can do about it. Didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense because Jeff was saying, if you play this advantage correctly and very timely, it will serve as a very huge advantage. He, a, plays, he plays it immediately and is like, which is oh, smart. I mean, yeah, yeah. Given the rules of that advantage, it made sense. But I was like, okay, why did this need to be timely? Because it literally lasted the duration <laughs> of the challenge. You he do it whenever. Like, I was thinking, oh, cool. Yeah, the best time to use this is try and make it to the end of the rope, pending how the other contestants are doing. You know, if you're, if you're about to lose, use it. Cool. You get to move up two spots. If you make it to the end of the rope and there's still a bunch of people, use it on that round. Cool. So you've now waited and you've done the same amount of work as everyone else all the way to the last round. Then you use it. Cool. But if you use it earlier than that, then you have to join where everyone else is at at the next move. But it wasn't that way. So yeah. I'm sure we'll never see this challenge again. No, we do. Oh, okay. With this exact same twit, like an advantage. Oh. It's very stupid. I really don't like it. This is very overpowered. But yeah, and we're going to see this exact same thing again. You got to learn from past events. Rule 21. Yeah. But Jason wins. Good for Jason. So, John, the reason he had agreed to vote out Laura is on the agreement they would vote out a foe foe and next. Oh, this was another reason that I had John as my worst. Yeah. Because he bought this stupid Russell BS hook, line, and sinker. Russell agrees to vote out Mick. That's the plan. Never happening. No, it was never even on the table. John confronts Russell about that idol, and Russell comes clean that he is an idol, and Russell's like, all right, John knows I have an idol. John's got to go. I made a mistake. Didn't mean to tell him. Shoot. Like, he backed me into a corner. I didn't want to lie to him. Hey, he's got to go. He's got to go. Oh, Russell, you have had no problem with everyone knowing about your idols before. <laughs> just, just saying. I mean, yes. I mean, there's logic there, but it's like, now it's a problem for you. You know, sometimes Russell reminds me so much of Tony, who's a player I've actually seen play, and he's just flying by the seat of his pants. So in that moment, it seemed like a really good idea to tell John about the idol. And then the next moment, he's like, that was a really bad idea to tell John about my idol. So that's a very uh, common comparison, and I, strategically, they're very similar, yeah. but the social game is the key. Oh, sure. People actually like Tony. No, sure, I totally understand that. But this particular train of thought, if, you, if, you, if you're docked in the Russell station and you're trying to get from station to station and uh, figure out how he got there in his brain. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but 
it's clearly effective. It's a great way to get around Russelltown. So, so Russell wants John out now, and he gets Dave, Brett, Monica, and Mick on board. Everyone's pretty much in agreement, except Jason. Jason does not like this plan because he thinks it's going to piss off Shambo. Shambo wants Dave out more than anything. All right, we piss off Shambo. She turns against us. It's a bad call. I, I am inclined to agree with Jason. I 100% agree with Jason, especially because we are, what, one or two episodes removed from Russell saying... Shambo votes on emotion. She makes every decision based on emotion. Why does Jason seem to be the only person in this episode on Foa Foa who remembers that and retained that and decided that is very key information in making sure that our little cobbled alliance works? It's really good on Jason. Uh, Trouble Council, seven votes for John, one vote for Dave, one vote for Mick. Uh, John votes for Mick. Shambo votes for Dave. Wrong move should have been Dave. For the most number of people at this point, we have to start thinking of a glue as a lost cause, and it probably should have been Dave. Yeah, uh, and and you need to be uh, whoever Shambo wants. Yeah. In, they, until you don't need her anymore. Exactly, and you still need her. Derek, who do you have for best player? I have Jason. He uses the money on the, the challenge advantage. He was the only person who demonstrated a true understanding of Shambo's tendencies, but when he realized that the uh, undercurrent was too strong, he swam sideways and just kind of went with the flow. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jason. Good job, guys. What about worst player? <sighs> well, I mean, if I could say John, yeah. I would. Uh, Reminder, it, <laughs> if you get voted out, you're ineligible. <laughs> um, I didn't really see a whole lot of bad gameplay. You could say, like, Foa Foa in general, except for Jason, for kind of dismissing Shambo. But at this point, I want to say Shambo, because I think that she thinks that she's too important. She doesn't realize that she's just a tool for Foa Foa and is either going to be a dead draw at the end or pretty close to a dead draw at the end or will get voted out in fifth spot after all the galoo are gone. And the fact that everyone was willing to vote against her and basically disregard her completely at this point now that they do have at least enough to go to a rock draw without her if they lose her, I, I, I just feel like her lack of self-awareness is enough to warrant worst player at this juncture. That's a pretty good argument. I had Mick um, because for the 404 people, you know, I can understand Russell's thought process for getting rid of John. I think Mick has like the worst reasoning to get rid of John out of the 404 people. And like I said, it was a bad move. I think of everyone who voted for John, it was the worst move for Mick. But I, I, I wouldn't be mad at all if Josh picks Shambo. I think I am going to go with Shambo yeah. on that one. And I'm just going to kind of do a follow-up question and say, can Shambo win the game? No. I don't think so. Like, not at this yeah, point. like, I, and like, even like, with good moves to make it to the end, which she's not obviously capable of. Like, I, like, personally, I don't see a way that she would have any chance to win the game, even with a final two. There's one way she can win. If we get a, a surprise final two, I think she can beat Monica. Because mm. the only people who like Monica are Natalie, Kelly, and Laura. None of the Galoo guys like her, except maybe Brett, I guess. I but, think Shambo beats Monica. But do you think you get to the end after Shambo completely blows up Galoo? Maybe she's pissed off enough, guys. But I guess you're saying, you know, this is not a guarantee. This is just a thought exercise. I agree Fofo, with that. Fofo, all votes for uh, Shambo. And then Eric seemed to like Shambo. John was okay with Shambo. Brett was okay with Shambo. Dave, no, Dave was not. I think Shambo could pull it off. In a final two, I will, I'll agree that there's a there's a chance. And, and a, the reason why I ask that is because if there is even a sliver of a chance, like Shambo needs to be thinking about day 39 and final tribal yep. council right now because she needs to find who are the two most likely people that I can beat because there's probably only two here if she's lucky here shambo and monica are the bottom two they need to go in with the the third person who is mick here's the order i think uh not counting eric but this is from kelly onward here is the order from most likely to win to least likely to win in my opinion brett dave 
Kelly, Natalie, John, Laura, Jason, Russell, Mick, Shambo, Monica. That's who can beat who. Brett is number one, Monica's last. And this is pure yeah. conjecture, people, but, you know, what else are we supposed to do? You had John a little high, I thought. Uh, I think John is, you know, he's kind of a douche, but I think he's still fairly well-liked by everybody but Shambo. Mm. He hasn't it's annoyed hard t- it's hard to tell. that many people. Now, you know, the flip, kind of, maybe less so. He probably pissed off Laura pretty bad with the flip, but uh, I still think John could pull it off. I think John could get the votes. Mm. But again, there's a lot of people in the season who weren't that well-liked. So, you know, if you're an army of goats, a goat's going to win. Mm-hmm. So that's into John. John is going to go on to get married to Parvati and divorce from Parvati. And we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about that anymore. We cannot comment. Yeah, no comments on that. Episode 13, Damage Control. Russell tells Shambo John was gunning for her, so he needed to protect her. And since she had promised she wasn't going to vote for John, uh, he didn't tell her to spare her. So she didn't have to vote for John, and they got rid of John. Shambo's was like, okay, that's fine. We got to get rid of Dave next, though. And Russell's like, okay. And that's it. We're done. Either Russell knew Shambo a lot better than we thought, or he is lucky. I- I'm going to go with lucky, but I-, I-, I really don't know. And it could also be a mixture that Shambo realizes that she is officially caught in the middle with nowhere to go, and Russell is going to be the first person uh, to come and try and mend fences. That's probably giving her too much credit. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This edit is weird, everyone. So, apparently, uh, this is, this is, uh, did you guys remember seeing a scene at any point during the season where Russell tells Mick that he's a millionaire? Do either of you remember that scene? No. I thought I did. I thought so, too. I could have sworn that was in an episode. Was it in the A Closer Look? Maybe, but I could have sworn, and you'd think they would have shown this because it's important to the story. Absolutely. Is Russell telling Mick, and I swear that happened in the pre-merge. But they bring this up now that Russell did tell Mickey he was a millionaire. He owns an oil company. He made a million dollars last year. You know what? I feel like I do remember this now. So maybe it did happen. And I apologize to everyone. We are hack frauds. I think it's Survivor cut something out, which they've done before. So it's just like it's really messing with my head a little bit. Well, does does Russell say to the camera in confessional or does he say it to Mick sitting on some some reef rock on the beach? I probably pulled in one to two million dollars. Okay. They show that clip and previously on Survivor, but they never showed that in an actual episode. So mm-hmm. interesting. I, I guess I'm not sure exactly where yeah. I'm remembering this from. It, it's maybe it was the closer look episode this whole time, but I swear it was in a pre-merge episode. Either way, probably something that you shouldn't do if you're Russell. Yeah, obviously, if you're a millionaire, <laughs> don't tell anybody. Mick tells Jason, who tells Brett and Monica. <laughs> That's what happens. And in the words of uh, Varys, Master of Whispers, it is now information. It, it is not a secret anymore. And Brett and Monica, they're like really working on Jason. They're trying to get him worried about Russell and Mick's jury potential. I mean, they don't really have a ton, it turns out. But, you know, I mean, good for them for trying to make it happen. At this point in the game, in theory... I would be terrified of Russell's sure. potential. Like, I don't, like, I might know the way that I perceive Russell or that I perceive other people perceiving Russell, but I could be absolutely wrong when I'm in the game like that. So I would, I would play it safe and just take him out. Why, I don't why want to go to the end with Russell. End? Like, you can beat Russell, but at the same time, he's not someone I want to go to the end against. There's <laughs> a lot of other people I'd rather go to the end against than Russell. Pretty just, much everybody. He could be a very much a wild card in a final trouble council. He, so. could, he could sweep, and you don't even know it. Yeah. So he's he's too dangerous. I, he's definitely beatable, but dangerous. It's uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. He's too dangerous to be left alive. Basically, he is Palpatine, <laughs> yes. 
Um, Unlimited power! <laughs> oh, God. Russell is the Palpatine survivor. <laughs> yes, I agree. Josh understands that reference. Yeah. Oh, you've seen, what, two Star Wars movies? The original yeah. and Solo. <laughs> Everyone go at Josh for having seen only the original and Solo of the Star Wars movies. They're the two best ones I've seen. What's your Twitter account, Josh? Uh, at Jay Wessler. That's J-W-E-H-S-C-L-E-R. And uh, that's also where we get sent all complaints about this podcast. They go out of, straight to at Straight Jay to Wessler. Josh. So. Uh, he's our complaint correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> I will yeet them into the trash. <laughs> so, Derek, I-, I figured you'd be pretty excited about this. Our immunity challenge is bowling. I was so excited to see this. For those people who don't know, I was Derek actually... is our bowling correspondent. <laughs> I actually ranked fairly highly in a national juniors bowling tournament during my years in high school. Nerd! Because uh, I was not... Uh, I did not fully physically develop into, like, uh, sophomore year of college. So, like... Contact sports, not really my thing. Bowling, I could do that. I could go bowling. So I was happy to see that happen. That was pretty cool. I bet you could win this challenge, too, because it didn't seem like there was much skill amongst any of them. Well, and I was also really upset. They didn't really tell us the rules, but I'd probably just thrown the coconut. Like, they were rolling it, and the pins were made of limestone. Those things were heavy. And they were really close together. Regardless, I, I don't think... Are these lanes regulations? <laughs> are these, these, these balls don't have holes in them. <laughs> Everything about this is wrong. But it made me happy. It did. Jason wins immunity. Monica tries to get Russell all paranoid about Shambo. That's an interesting move to try. It doesn't work. It's going to be seven votes a day, one for Shambo. This is this one, uh, by the way, is a two. Uh, there's this is a forty minute episode with two votes, so we just kind of yada yada through the day. <laughs> we have no idea what's going on, <laughs> and we, yeah, we didn't even yada through it. The episode yada through yeah. it, and we recapped it in great detail. Yes, uh, we really didn't miss anything. I I remember clicking like I was watching this on my Xbox. I clicked Y to bring up the where I was at in the episode, and I was twenty four minutes in, and Dave was already gone. Yep, and I was like, what? Yeah, two for one special. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> Best player of the first half of the episode, since there was a vote out, we'll do this now. Uh, for the first half of the episode, I had Monica, just because she was trying to get it into Jason and Russell's heads. And she did vote out Dave when she knew it was a lost cause, so might as well. But like, I appreciate the effort on Monica's part. I had Russell because he saw through the BS that Monica was dishing. Like, I appreciate Monica for doing it, but Russell ended up going through with the right move. And we literally saw nobody else, so I just gave credit to Russell. <laughs> I'll, I'll side with Derek on this one just because he gets the execution side sure. of it. And it was the right move to vote on Dave. So I, I didn't have a worse player. I think I had Shambo for the same reason, but you don't see anything at all. Like maybe Shambo should have flipped back at this point to try and keep uh, Foa Foa on their toes. But there's so many. It's so hard to grade Shambo's game. Yeah. It's an eye for incomplete yep. or not enough information. So shambo but it could very well be an na at this point there was nothing here i have nothing to go off of so i can't i i I feel like i can't side with Derek or make a decision you have to make a decision of either shambo or na yep (laughs) do i want shambo or do i want nothing Hmm. Derek, tell me one bad thing that shambo did i don't know that's not a good enough reason, Derek. I, I'm sorry. When I say you blink and the first half of this episode is over, I'm not kidding. It's like less than 20 minutes. Okay, well, since Derek could literally not tell me one bad thing that Shambo did, I'm going to side with Der- or side with Ryan and go with nothing. Uh, Twitterverse, if you know something bad that Shambo did in this episode. First in, half of the episode. In the first, first half. half of the episode. 
let us know and maybe we can change this retrospectively retroactively but yeah i i don't care i'm sure not, I'm, show me the show me the footage i'll change my I, vote. I, I am not gonna die on this hill no Let's get into the second half of this episode, and this is really interesting because at this point in the game, the 444 and Shambo really don't have a threat anymore, right? Uh, it's pretty much locked and loaded. They got this game. So the Survivor producers realized this, and they decided to CGI a character into the show to give a threat, and this is Brett, CGI Brett. CGI Brett. <laughs> uh, not Mike Tyson Brett. This is one of my favorite meta jokes in all of Survivor. There is a uh, Survivor writer named Mario Lanza, and he wrote something called The Funny 115. It was the uh, funniest 115 moments from Survivor, and it was like the first 12 seasons of Survivor. And then he wrote a second one for like season 13 through 20, and now he's written a third one for like 21 through 30. Really, really funny. Everyone go check it out. It's, there's a, just a crap ton of content. What's his name again? Uh, Mario Lanza. It's the Funny 115. And one of, he, I think he invented this, but one of the Funny 115s is CGI Brett. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. They just CGI'd a person into the show. Because, uh, you know, the joke is we haven't seen Brett this entire season. He's done literally nothing. He's had, like, two confessionals up to this point. And then all of a sudden, he just visibility spike, and he's this huge threat to win the game. Where did this guy come from? I don't know. We we needed an antagonist for the 404. So here is CGI Brett. Right, and and you've uh, mistakenly uh, called him Brett when his real name is Derek's winner pick Brett. Derek's winner pick. CGI Derek's winner pick Brett. CGI, not Mike Tyson, Derek's winner pick Brett. <laughs> so when you picked Brett as your winner pick, I almost died inside because I'm like, that's so funny. I had no idea that this dude I mean, how was, could you? Like, I mean, that episode gave us nothing. And so I was just like, okay, this is purely editology. Here's the first confessional. Ah, ha, ha. Ah, ha, ha. Derek <laughs> is coming alive in the second half of the post-merge. Brett is apparently the biggest threat for a unanimous jury victory. Yeah. Joke's on you guys. <laughs> and the thing is, Brett beats everybody. If he gets to the end, Brett is, Brett is the biggest threat in the game, which we just weren't shown it until now. Is that just because he's so likable, or is he... Because he's not doing anything. <laughs> but, you know, we, we see that fairly often, Survivor Raw. If you're good at the challenges and you're really likable... And don't piss anybody off. Boom. Here's yeah, a million bucks. Yeah, sure. yeah, let the pieces fall around you. The old Ethan play. The, Brett Brett is executing the Ethan strategy to perfection. The the, the Africa Ethan. And honestly, maybe even better than Ethan. Maybe now. even better than it's Ethan. the no negatives strategy. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's, uh, you know, if Brett gets the end, how can you not? Great physical game and a flawless social game. Zero on strategic. You, but, you, you, know. you, you could, you know, just find your way through a strategic side by saying, like, I'm, I align myself with the right people. Cool. Yeah. Essentially what Natalie does. Essentially works brett would have one and it probably you know maybe shambo votes for russell yeah but i think it's eight to one nine zip it is comical though it felt like season five of a cw show that's gone on for two seasons too long and they're introducing like a new character who's got all of these connections and all of these resources and you're like wait where have you been as the world's been on fire for the last four seasons oh well i was just off doing other things or no i, I was here the whole time i was in the shadows yep and I'm like, I don't believe it. And then all of a sudden, here is not Mike Tyson, Derek's winner pick, Brett. CGI Met. Brett. CGI Brett. I'm sorry. I need to get this, these titles yes. right. <laughs> and it's really funny for the rest of the Funny 115. You know, he he puts, you know, he, type, he types up like a big blog post and puts like photos and all this funny stuff. And he would just like Photoshop Brett poorly into like photos <laughs> from just random seasons. Just like other seasons. Like, and then there's Brett. <laughs> Remember when Brett was at this really iconic moment when Eric gave up immunity? <laughs> what? <laughs> so CGI Brett, phenomenal joke and is probably in general more well known than anything Brett did on the show. <laughs> and still Derek's winner pick. And still my winner pick. So Mick is very nervous about Russell. Fair. And confronts him about it. 
not great. We, how has that gone in the past? And Russell gets kind of pissed about this. You know, don't confront somebody on the island. Talk about them behind their back. Mm-hmm. Like a toxic work in, workplace. <laughs> you talk about them behind their back. Yep. Yeah, don't vent up. Vent out. And vent down. Vent everywhere except to that person. Vent exactly. in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like an Among Us. You get a vent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't get caught. I'm pretty sus. Brett wins immunity. This is going to be CGI Brett, you know? It, it's hard to go up against a CGI character. He's a bot. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute bot. Broken. So Monica's going next. She's the only other option. She and Brett try to get into Mick's head that Russell wants to take Natalie and Shambo to the end. Well, he's half right. But, you know, Russell also kind of wants to take Mick to the end. So. He, he probably should take Natalie and Shambo to the end. Well, no, he should have well, taken Shambo. Okay, yeah, Shambo. <laughs> so Monica's just like, and then Monica starts telling Russell, like, hey, Jason wants to take you out when the idol is no longer good. So look, Final Four, you're gone. Or maybe Final Five. might have been Final Five this season. Uh, then they're going to take you out. And also, I hear you're a millionaire, Russell. And Russell goes, wait, how do you know that? Who told you that? Proceeds to storm the beaches like Normandy. Goes to Natalie. Hey, didn't I tell you not to tell that to anybody? Natalie's like, bro, what are you talking about? And he's like, you told everyone I'm a millionaire. Now I can't win. Or now, like, I, I I can't trust you anymore. And then it shows him going and, like, whining to Mick. Whining to Jason. He makes his rounds across the entire beach. Just from this one little, like... Monica planted a Russell seed in Russell's brain, and it was so funny to watch. And I'm like, Monica, have you been doing this all season? I want to see this. I want to see way more of this. This is fantastic. And she's just like laughing like a madman the entire time, like, oh, I rustled his jimmies. <laughs> Jason gets confronted about it, and he lies. He's like, oh, Monica's just making crap up. Don't listen to her. She just, like, she'll say anything. Yikes, that was me. Yeah, that was me who <laughs> said that. Pay no attention. Pay no attention, exactly. <laughs> I may have made a mistake. I may have miscalculated. <laughs> you know, he, Russell and Monica get into it quite a bit. And this might be the moment where I think Russell really starts to lose the game. And this, he comes a little unhinged here. So this might be like, if you can point to a moment, this might be it. One other thing before we even talk about it anymore. Monica did threaten Russell with her jury vote. She said, if mm. you take me out here, I, I, she didn't say it like explicitly, but it was very heavily implied. I will trash talk you to the entire jury. I will make sure you do not win this game. And Russell basically said, you're a stupid woman and you don't have that kind of power. Like, in not so few words. Yeah, you need to handle it better. You can't negotiate with terrorists like that. You know, you know, if you're going to vote on Monica, you got to vote on Monica. You can't cave to threats like that because literally everyone can do that. But you can't also, like... Insult her. Y- you can't pour gasoline on her and then light her on fire because she is going to have plenty of time to talk to that jury at Ponderosa. This is the worst kind of jury management. It's yeah. like you piss someone off to their greatest extent and then immediately send them home. This yeah, it, is awful. It's like a hostage situation, but when you're the negotiator and someone's threatening to kill someone, you say, bet you won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Russell handles this so poorly. Yeah, it's not great. And this, I think this is the moment where Russell starts to lose the game. Now, to flip it on its head a little bit, because Monica's going home here. Yes. Is this a good point in time to where you might want to think about blindsiding Russell? I know he has an idol, but... People have gone out of the game with idols in their pockets before. Sure. You still don't know how he's going to finish the game and if he's going to be able to receive votes. You're kind of down to the misfits at this point. Everyone else is out of the game who is has a really strong chance of winning. Except for Brett. It, CGI it, Brett. It's a, it's, pick, except for Tyson, Brett. Which you can't uh, vote out because he's got to Who you can't yep. vote out. So do you take out who could possibly be the biggest threat? 
Sure. So I think there's a very solid argument for that. Yeah. They're going to vote on Monica. It's going to be five votes for Monica, two for Russell. This is a terrible move for Mick and Shambo, especially, because they're, they're near the bottom. They need Monica in the game. They they lose the game here, I think. Uh, they can no longer win because they vote on Monica. Since it's a final three. Yep. yep. They should have gone after Russell or Natalie. Either one of them would have been fine because they're higher up the pecking order. Natalie's got the great social game. Russell's obviously kind of a wild card. You get rid of either one of them. Way and, better move for and, those two. And you know that Brett and Monica will jump on board with that oh, because yeah. anything to save themselves. 100%. You know, you still got to get rid of Brent of Edge. You keep Monica around. She's perfect to go to the end with. Yeah, um, the, the hard part is that they think that they're solid. They yep. think that, yep, got a great deal, going to final three. It's just the lack of awareness about how other people rank ahead of you that is what's going to bring them down. Because maybe they think that they can beat both Russell and Natalie at the end. And I think Mick does. I don't know what Chambo's thinking, but, you know, well. to, to go a little bit ahead... Mick was pretty well liked, and you know the jury was considering voting for him when we get to the jury. But he gave just a piss poor jury performance. He was terrible. He was terrible, and everybody's like, "We can't vote for Mick." So Mick could have won this game if he'd given a better jury performance. Basically, he lost at the jury. Hmm. And I don't even know that he. I I don't I don't have enough information to say that he could or couldn't have won. What I do buy is the reason we're not seeing scheming against Russell is the Russell we saw at the reunion show and the Russell we saw on on day thirty nine. Him just trashing Mick and and Natalie to their faces. I think that that happened and that's the way it was way more than we were fed. So they were could thinking be. we're gonna take this absolute sociopath to the end who burned every bridge and spat and pissed on graves along the way because there's no way he wins. Absolutely no way. There are some people out there who might vote for him, but not nearly enough. So as long as like Mick and Natalie think that they can beat each other, which, I mean, fairly reasonable. Sure. And then they just basically dismiss Russell, like, okay, fine, he'll get Shambo's vote because he like they love each other for whatever reason. Cool. They're, they're, that leaves eight more votes. But the edit would never ever at this point allow me to see that i'm going through the season for the first time there's no way anybody but russell wins at this point and we'll get to that later yeah. on so this is this is ultimately i think the wrong move voting on monica it 100 percent is um, russell or natalie either one of them would have been the right move probably natalie if i'm trying to stay true because if mick thinks that he can beat russell at the end take out natalie sure. she's played the same game on the same tribe remove the x factor and you can always take out russell after her sure derek who'd you have for best player of the second half of the episode i had it as uh brett CGI Brett. CGI. Derek Twinnipick, CGI uh, Brett. Uh, not Mike Tyson Brett, yes. <laughs> he won immunity, which ended up saving himself. I guess he's being hailed as, like, the biggest threat to win the game. And then he was a part of this whole ploy to get people, uh, to get Russell pissed at everybody else. So everything kind of went his way, even though Monica went home. Um, and honestly, on the FOA FOA side, nothing good happened because he had Jason got in trouble with Russell for divulging information that he shouldn't have. Natalie was in on that fire because, you know, Russell was on the war path. Russell was on the war path. And then Mick was generally just not strong. And then and, he and, made the and, wrong and move. And he made the wrong move with sending home, uh, Monica. Sending home Monica. So now he can't win the game. As did so, Shambo. So Brett. Yeah, Brett's the best. Uh, he also got into Mick's head a little bit. He was kind of manipulating Mick a little bit, trying to anyway. Yeah. So. Brett. He did something. C there CGI. you go. Our first uh, best uh, player to be a CGI character. <laughs> Congratulations. How about worst player, Derek? Social game alone, it's Russell. Okay. It was going on the warpath for people finding out soft information about you that you divulge in a game where you're happy to manipulate, you're happy to lie. And I mean, you know, not cheat. They say cheat all the time in Survivor. Like, it's, cheat. it's not cheating. But like, you do all this stuff. You burn socks, you dumped out canteens, but you're mad that people found out that you're like an 
oil-related millionaire. Off of um, because of information that you divulged? Yeah. So you are a giant hypocrite, and you're painting that picture for everybody. And then going on the warpath to everyone in your remaining alliance and, and tr- treating yourself as the victim, it's just such a bad look. I can't help it. He he did more to damage this game. And like you said yourself, he might. this might be where he starts to really lose the game. On that note, I'm giving mine to Mick because I think he did lose the game here. He told Russell about his concerns with Russell, which has never gone well for anybody. He doesn't make a move when he should have, and he votes out Monica, and now he can't win. Now he's in the bottom two. So uh, my my pick is Mick. I get the reasoning, Ryan, but I'm going to side with Derek just because without those actions, who knows? Maybe he could have won the game. I think both of your guys' picks make it so they don't win the game. They feed off each other. The, yeah. The, so, so it's really, it, it is really tricky, but I think that it seems like it it could hop down so much for Russell that I'm going to side with Derek that it, that's just a really bad social move. Yes, it's not great for Mick either, but I'm just going to give him a dishonorable mention instead. Okay, that's fine. Monica is going to play again. Do we want to see it? Honestly, I think I do. Based on her boot episode alone, and based on the piss-poor editing of this entire season, give me one reason to bring somebody back. And Monica gave me enough with how much she laughed openly in Russell's face at Public Council. When Jeff is like, Monica, you're strangely happy. She's like, oh yeah, did you see how mad Russell was (laughs) all day? All because I just told him that someone told me what he does for a living? Like, it's absolutely crazy how fragile this man's ego is. all out in the open i was like you know what i I do want to see you back just for this because i feel like it can't be everybody's fault that no one's getting screen time so if i had to pick a returner from this season uh, or if i had to pick two monica monica's on that short list yeah sure why not there's potential would i be upset if i never saw her on survivor again no but would i be upset if i did also no (laughs) <laughs> I did know I did what Josh said completely 100 percent I'm in complete agreement yeah it had potential in her last episode I'm like oh okay sure why not okay, oh, fine whatever man we've had worse returnees absolutely <laughs> episode 14 two brains are better than one Brett and Natalie bond over religion they're both prayer warriors we're gonna find out over the course of this episode yeah. yeah Natalie is one of the captains for the award challenge you know they do a schoolyard pick and her first pick is Brett which you you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. we're at the final six it's everyone versus Brett it is weird that she goes with Brett first, and this is not a very this is not a physical challenge. This is uh, the game Kerplunk. If anybody, uh, oh, what a great you know, game! It's just like a bunch of coconuts, and you pick a rope and you pull it out, and hopefully it doesn't drop any coconuts. This is almost one hundred percent luck, <laughs> to be honest. Maybe a little bit no, of no, like, no, no. Like there's a little bit of like spatial reasoning, but there's a lot there, of luck. There is more skill to Kerplunk than Fine. it leads on. Ninety percent luck, ten percent skill. And it's not necessarily a skill Brett has. I am, mem- I am a member of KFA, that is the Kerplunk Federation of America, and there is absolutely skill to this game. There's Whether you're some. using spaghetti and marbles or ropes and coconuts. Yeah, so it is weird that she picks Brett. This is an odd choice, not a great one. It makes Russell, J- Russell Jason, and Chamber on the other team, and they're all like kind of like suspicious. It's like, what the hell? Why didn't she pick Brett? He's a CGI character. He's not even human. <laughs> he's not, not even real. He's not even Mike Tyson. He's, he doesn't even go here. <laughs> Russell, Jason, and Shamba all win reward, but Brett wins immunity. <laughs> Notably, the prayers do not work. Prayers don't work, but apparently they did for the immunity challenge because Brett's going to win. So CGI, Derek's winner pick, not Mike Tyson, Brett. Exactly. So Jason wants Shambo out and not Mick because Mick, Mick's name was in there, but they want Shambo out because she's not as good at the challenges and they need to beat Brett. 
okay, that's a, an idea. That's fair. It's, it's an idea. It's a piss poor one, I think. Because everyone can beat Shambo. <laughs> everyone can beat Shambo. And if, if Brett wins out and makes it to the end, he wins. But anybody can win any challenge at any time because you never know what's coming up next. I think it's really dumb to vote her out because she's least likely to beat Brett in a challenge. That I, mm. one, of, one of the biggest tropes in Survivor is, oh, we need someone strong to in order to, to beat X person in a challenge. And then what do we get uh, in the first challenge of the, the finale? You run across a balance board to grab something to run upstairs to make a puzzle. It's essentially who can make the puzzle the fastest. Yep. They win the challenge. So you don't need big, strong guys in order to beat Brett. Even though he still ended up winning that one. Now, in fairness, in fairness, for someone like Mick, this is a great argument to use right now. Hey, you got to keep me. Someone's got to beat Brett. I Shambo mean, as long as he deflects to someone who's not Shambo. Yeah, because he needs Shambo. Oh, I, I understand that. But I mean... I bet I bet he could use maybe like Natalie if we were going to just be sexist. So so I here's what I think the problem is. Mick knows that Natalie and Russell have a very tight working relationship that he is number three on. And I think he's kind of banking on that going into final trial council. If he makes it to top three, that's a duo. I'm my own guy. Give it to the guy who was on his own and not really associated with Russell. So if Mick wants to be like, Hey, I know that this CGI Derek's winner pick, not Mike Tyson, Brett won immunity again. I don't want you to vote me out. And then you can't reasonably go to Russell and say, vote out Natalie because he wants Mm -hmm. Natalie, who's riding his coattails to go to the end with. You can't go to Natalie to vote out Russell because she's like, no, no one likes Russell. I want to go. Only one person left for Mick to deflect to, and it's Shambo. Unfortunately, it gets him one day further, but guarantees that he loses the game. So you get from four, uh, fifth to fourth place or whatever, sixth to fifth place. So what he has we no need, choice. What we need to do, Russell, Mick, and Shambo are the bottom three in the pecking order. They need each other. They need to go to the end together. They need to take out Natalie. Natalie, because oh. after Brett, Natalie's the next biggest threat. I mean, but that's, we can't think like that just because in this moment, the way that they perceive it is they perceive to be in a completely different order. Yes. So their perception is wrong. Yes, I know. They need to have better perception. (laughs) And that's the biggest issue is that they're, it, it makes it sound so much easier than what it actually is. Like you think that you're in such a better spot. Almost all the time. I assume that everyone thinks that they're doing better than what they actually are. Survivor's like, a like, beautiful I game. I can't, I can't excuse Mick. Y- you need to realize that you're going to get beat at the end. Someone like Russell, it's hard for me to put him like in the bottom group to have him completely change his game and recognize that other people are going to beat him. Just because that's not the way that it's really worked so far. Uh, you haven't really seen a game like his that ends up losing you the game in any of the past seasons yet. So it's hard for me to judge him too harshly for not completely scrambling up who he wants to be with at the end. The others, yes, I think you can. This is the last time Russell can play Zettel, Final Six. He does not. He wears it around his neck besides not to play it and says he's going to keep it as a souvenir. The jury does not like this. Play the idol. I think this is another step uh, towards doom that Russell... In fact, I think this this right here is the final step to Russell's doom. I think he loses the game here because Shambles is going to go. It's going to be five vote Shambles, one vote Mick. Russell and Mick can't win anymore. Everyone else beats them. So, I don't know that this is the place where he loses. I am fortunate that I've already seen this strategy not work. Someone goes into Final Tribal Council with a lot of unused hardware and basically said... I didn't even need it. I was so in control. I knew I didn't need this. Derek was also like, 
wouldn't that be cool to be the person who goes out and finds three idols, gains two advantages, and uses none of it so that you play a very pure old school game of Survivor. You get to the end and then you drop them in the fire one by one. Didn't need this idol, didn't need this idol, didn't need this advantage, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 that just comes across as super conceited and you probably don't want to do that. Juries hate that. Just play your idol at six and wouldn't you look stupid if Mick and Brett and Shambo got together and decided to vote for you? Sure. Or Natalie, whomever. Just pick your three. Play your idol, man. Play it. For best player, I had Brett. He forms a really tight bond with Natalie during the episode and he wins immunity. Yep, I have the exact same reasoning. Worst player, I have Russell. He didn't play his idol. He voted out Shambo instead of Natalie. He can no longer win the game. I have Russell as well. Get wrecked, Josh. Good job, you guys. Proud of you. <laughs> we agree. All right, let's move on to the finale. Final five, this game ain't over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Well. <laughs> Final five, Brett wins immunity. <laughs> Surprise. So the vote is between Jason and Mick for some reason. Vote on Natalie. Vote on Natalie. That's the right move. But they're, they're, they're going to completely ignore Natalie. It's going to be Jason versus Mick. And it's going to be four votes for Jason, one vote for Mick, because they think Jason, he, his body's kind of crumbling. We haven't talked about Jason in a while because he's kind of been dead. Uh, so they think he won't be able to help with the challenge. Okay. Might not be any help to defeat Brett. So maybe, but I still, this, you got to vote on Natalie here. Now, I would like to just take a moment to recognize what a great play this is by Russell, because by his current perception, he is using Natalie to get to the end, and he's going to beat her in the end. He doesn't care who his third person really is to make it. The two got the two other guys, Jason and Mick, want to go for Natalie, but he does a great job paying them against each other. Yeah. So that they're willing to vote for each other so that him and Natalie are actually in the driver's seat about who goes home and he's able to keep his his girl next to him for the final three. In theory, that was an amazing move by him. Assuming that his uh, calculations were correct. Yes, yes. And, and that's a big assumption, but it, it he still executed very well there. Because... Russell, at this point, Final Five, Russell, Mick, and Jason need to go to the end together. <laughs> Task failed successfully. They just don't know it. They just don't know it. The three of them need to go together. I think Jason would actually win that one. Who knows? Uh, who knows for sure? Russell could have pulled that one off, but Jason, I, I think, could have won that one. Yeah, they voted out their best chance to win. Russell and Mick didn't, so... Should have been Natalie. Four votes for Jason, one vote for Mick. And also, I would just like to point out that let's say that the next challenge is something water-related. Maybe you want, like, the water polo player. Like, Russell's been doing pretty good with those land challenges, but, like, you know, if you got someone in the water, maybe you want the guy who's best in the water. Mick has been mid on all of these challenges so far. Yep. Like, and, he, and the one that he won was firing the world's dumbest crossbow. <laughs> Jason, so, Jason has also been non-existent in challenges He's too. Got two so wins. He won two individual it, for, a, for a while, and one of those was with a BS uh, advantage. The other one was bowling. <laughs> and the other one was probably hey, pretty hey. luck-based. Hey, 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 hey. Bowling is a sport. <laughs> not co- not coconut bowling, though. It should be. So, so I w- yeah, I, I'm just kind of putting a little asterisk next to uh, Derek's claim that Jason would automatically be really good at a water challenge right now. I'm not saying that he's automatically. You I'm need saying... A- if swimming takes a ton of energy, sure. which is the opposite of what Jason has. It right also now. takes a ton of technique and like true. I'm just saying if you're trying to hedge your bets and you're by guessing what the next challenge is going to be because you have to be bred or you lose. Russell's better at land challenges than Mick. Jason is better at water challenges than Mick. 
It and, makes better at air chat. And Natalie, who knows? Could and, be balance, and, maybe? Could and, be balance, puzzles, whatever. And we already established that Natalie should have probably been the one targeted, yeah. so logic is out the window on that one. If you're going between Mick and Jason, I feel like they made the wrong choice. Josh, best player of the episode, who you got? Or best player of the final five? I had Brett uh, because he won immunity. and CGI. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's Winter CGI, Pick, not Mike Tyson, Pick, Brett. Not Mike Tyson, Brett. I had him for best because he would have been going home, won immunity, end of story. Same. Yep. How about worst player, Josh? I mean, it, it's kind of question mark because, like, you could say Mick. You could also say Russell. I don't really know. It's kind of a toss-up between them. I'm, I'm going to default to Mick just because I can appreciate the move that Russell made with his own perception of where he stood in the game. So I'll just default to Mick there. That's the, I thought the exact same thing. I, that's why I want Mick as well. For whatever it's worth, I did have Russell, but I kind of like after t- discussing it, going with, with Mick, but my reasoning for Russell is that he just voted out someone that he can potentially beat. Potentially. But, and Mick did that too. But correct. So mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it to Mick. I'll agree with you guys. All right, final four. I really like this move for Russell. He makes a final four deal or final three deal with Brett. Saying like, hey, Brett, I'll definitely take you to the end. Do you promise to take me to the end, Brett? And Russell's like, yeah, sure. Hey, whatever, man. Just say it. I mean, you say you really like that move, but can't that also be said to, you know, rub someone the wrong way, like on the way out the door? Like if it ends up not working out, you're like, hey, I have a chance with Russell. LOL, JK, he went back on his word. I'd rather have the insurance policy. You know, it basically, if Russell had been like a nice person, like like palatable throughout this entire season, and he does this, yeah, Brett might be a little salty about it, but like in general. If rubbing someone the wrong way is going to lose your vote with him, you probably already lost his vote. (laughs) Might as well, like, guarantee yourself second place, right? It's sort of just committing to his strategy at this point. Russell is who Russell is in this season. So I I don't hate the move, but I can see where it hurt him with Brett in particular. Fallen Comrades, Derek's favorite part of every season. And this one was uh, longer and more drawn out than usual, I feel. It was like 20 minutes. 17 people, so. Moving on. I I, I will say, one of the only times where, like, you had someone just thoroughly diss one of the uh, fallen comrades when they got to Monica <laughs> well, we had and, and Russell just just ripped her you know Mick ripped on Ben a bit uh Russell ripped on Betsy a bit so gonna be honest I wasn't listening to most of it that's, so that's fair <laughs> final immunity challenge Russell is gonna end up winning bye Brett <laughs> yeah the first time we see the old uh uh six foot pole with the statue on top yep I love this challenge for reasons we'll get to in the rewind eventually. You know, low center of gravity helps you out here. Uh, Russell wins. So Russell defeats Brett. Tribal Council, they try and make it like, oh, could it be Mick? No, it's three votes Brett, one vote Mick. And I don't think there's actually any tension whatsoever. Yeah, there's a lot of hemming and hawing here. But this is the Dave vote all over again. I think it's Russell giving the producers just what they want. Like just something to work with. Yeah. Which is possible, but I also wouldn't put it past Russell. I, I think he was just talking because the producers like him talking. So it, three votes, Brett, one vote, Mick, rightest move to ever happen. For for everyone Foa Foa related, yeah, that there's no other move. And what a bummer for Brett. <laughs> Not Mike Tyson, CGI. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never former felt, former Derek's winner pick now. I've never felt so bad for a CGI character in my life. Former Derek's winner pick. <laughs> Which we'll get to uh, in a second. Not Mike Tyson, CGI Brett. Josh, best player of the Final Four. Uh, Russell, he's the one. Natalie and Mick were basically non-existent in this challenge. They dropped out immediately. Russell took him down, and they took out the biggest threat. Brett wins, and he's in. 
Russell was the one who took him down. Nothing else happened. Yep. So it's Russell. I have a worse player. This is, well, this is easy. Um, I'll start. Oh. Nobody. I had nobody. I also had nobody. Cool. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Let's move. Oh, well, first of all, before we go on to the oh, finals, we'll yeah. cancel. Derek has finally lost his winner pick. Yeah. It was the, a good run. The the best winner pick that I knew was never going to go anywhere after the pre-merge. You just, know, we had a lot of we had a high, lot of highs and lows, but it was mostly just you know, non-existence and oh hey, there he is. <laughs> it was a fun like late season surge. You know, it was like watching my favorite football team go on like a seven win streak and miss the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, sounds super enjoyable. Uh, so going into the final travel council, so who is your new winner pick? Going into the final travel council, based on the edit, you can't pick anybody other than Russell. And I mean, I know that there's a lot of bias out there, and I have been critical of points in Russell's game where I said, you know what, out of you know, in context and out of context, this Russell was the worst player this episode. But he's the only one we see. And he is absolutely a strategic powerhouse. And he has made Survivor history not once, not twice, but three times by finding idols without clues. Oh, the third time he had a clue. I, I guess, okay, fine. He found three idols, two without clues, and then one he managed to bamboozle basically everybody else who also had that clue. So still very impressive. He led his tribe down in numbers four to eight to becoming the final three. There's no way this guy doesn't win based on the edit that we're fed. And unfortunately, Survivor is a story, and that is our canon. It must go deeper. I have to, but but I, I, I have to go with Russell. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to. Yeah. I think anyone else would be lying on their first watch they didn't know. I think they'd be lying. Um, I, I was 100% certain that he was going to win when I first And I don't think it. that's any of our faults. That's Survivor's fault. And the other thing, I'm, I'm going to stand firm with what I said in the pre-merge episode where... They're kind of setting Russell up for a bit of a dramatic downfall as the villain of the season. But a good villain who makes it to the end so, like, skillfully via edit, right? The way that we see it, I think that they should probably win. Villains can win. Yes, villains absolutely can win. Ryan Heideck. The other problem is, you know, we can have, let's say we keep Russell's edit the same. Well, we need something for Natalie. You know, give, you know, give us a hero. Yeah. It, but we don't get much from her. Almost nothing. You know, we we barely seen her since the Eric boot. It's so much more a Russell lost the game yeah. than Natalie won the game. So I, I went with Russell, but I still do say that if you're just looking at the pre-merge, it was okay not to see Russell as as the person winning. So I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Okay. So before the final travel council, this is actually interesting. And normally we kind of yada yada this part, but Russell's really trying to get into Mick and Natalie's heads by basically just insulting them. I'm seeing them, they can't win, throwing them a few mock jury questions like, how are you going to get second place if you can't answer this question? <laughs> if you want to get second place, you're going to have to do better than that. Being a complete dick. I don't have another word for it. But, you know, okay, you can get in their heads. We, we've seen it work before, honestly, like a, a couple of times where like you rattle another person when they're on the beach or the opposite. You lull them to sleep when they're on the beach and just say like, Oh, let's not even think about final tribal. Let's just relax. And, you know, just go in and just not worry about anything. And maybe Russell would be better off going that way. Maybe I can't fault him for this because this is a strategy. I don't know if we've seen it work to this point, but it will in the future. With somebody else. Hmm. Tease, a little tease. So this, there is merit to this strategy. You rattle someone right before final tribal council. Final tribal council, throw them off their game. Don't know if it worked or not. I, I, it's hard to say what effect this had. Just because, any. just because you're the final three doesn't mean the game is over. Exactly. 
the reason that I'll say it's not a bad move is he does not need their votes. No, exactly. Um, you're, you don't need to kiss up to the people who are left in the game. I wouldn't do this. I would not recommend this strategy unless it's a very specific person who is very much a threat to win the game and you're just really grasping at straws, then fine, whatever, do what you want. But for Russell, it just, it fits. It, it, he, he is who he is, and this is, again, more evidence. Like, was he always like this? Was he always saying, oh, man, you guys are lucky to be in, in the wake of my speedboat. I'm going to drag you all the way here. Get on my back. Be Shut up. I'm going to get us out of this. Aren't you blessed to be in my presence kind of thing? <laughs> Exalt me, please. And if he was just, like, a little nicer about it, I think you can pull off that, like, kind of confident, overconfident, uh, but you have to be, like, nice about it. People have to, like, like you while you're doing it. It's a very fine line to walk. It has to be a little charming. It has to be a little charming, a little endearing. Like, oh, what a psychopath. I love him. LOL. It's doable. It's absolutely doable. I just don't know if Russell's got that gear. That's where you say thank you and you don't walk back the praise they give you. Yeah. Like, oh, I really appreciate you saying that. I did deserve that praise, didn't I? <laughs> I credit my parents. I mean, that's something I do on the regular. <laughs> I, I like to think some people find it endearing. We'll um, see about that. We'll see about that. Final Super Council opening statements. Mick says he played within his set moral parameters. Blech. Natalie says she got out of her comfort zone. <laughs> Russell goes into great detail and explains everything he did. He starts with the pre-merge, which normally we don't care about, but he, he tells the whole story. He lays it out very well, but he is a little too cocky. If he just dialed that back a little bit... It'd be a near-perfect opening statement. But he definitely the winner, I think, Point Russell. Oh, it was amazing. And and we he does essentially everything that we tell have said on this podcast, tell people to do. Lay everything out. Don't be apologetic. Own your game. Like you said, he might have just gone a little bit over the top. And that's a really fine line. So I can see an argument where it's like, no, like, you want to go over the top and, like I said, not be apologetic at all with it. But... Read the room also. It's an elevator pitch is what it is. I liked it at the time, but the more I think about it, the more I did not like how he ended his opening statement by saying, if you think either one of these two outwitted me, give them the money. If you think either of them outplayed me, give them the money. What he did not do was define those terms. He allowed the jury to define those terms themselves, and he got outplayed. So, like, it's not, you know, Colby saying, vote for Tina. It's saying... I dare you not to vote for me. And it's like, okay, okay, but like, accepted. but like, that's a really easy thing to do. I don't like you. Bet, bet you won't vote for me. <laughs> okay. Back to the hostage yeah, negotiator. <laughs> I don't, I only have four of these jurors I want to talk about because a lot of these were stupid and a lot of them were useless, just like the characters on this season. Unfortunately, and maybe to no fault of their own. We maybe. have no idea. So I have four I want to talk about. Shambo goes up first. She calls Mick Feckless and Natalie a coattail rider. A word that starts with a C. Yikes. But Natalie, one thing I think Natalie does really well here is she has a thesis statement for her game and defends that well. Her thing is like, hey, I came into the game. I saw uh, Marisa and Betsy were pretty aggro with Russell and confronted him. And guess what? They were gone. I realized if I do that, I, I will be gone. So I have to play the more passive role. Whether I want to or not is irrelevant. It's the right move for the game. Shambo dismisses this entirely, but she seven of the other jurors don't. And that's the important thing. Yeah. So even if a juror, I think we said this before, even if a juror is never going to vote for you, you can still use their question to help your game. Yeah, you, that's when Natalie basically looks at the jury. And specifically, I would bet, looking at the women who are on the jury, if you got dropped on a tribe with Russell hands and a bunch of bras, how are you going to survive? 
How can you at least not respect me for making it this far? Shambo, different story. Yeah. But like everyone else, like, hey, do you know what it was like living with this guy? I do. And I did great. And I'm and I'm curious up until this point how much of this is true. Like how much was this actually overly intentional by her? Or how much of it is more just her recognizing everyone's attitudes at Final Tribal and framing it like this was her plan all along? It's a good question. So I'm not really sure. Honestly, it, it, it felt like it was giving her way too much credit for having this entire like way that she was going to play the game completely planned out based on the personality of the person she was playing closely with. It seemed like that was a little too convenient for me. But we'll never know. We'll never know. You can win either way. Yeah. Either one is fine, uh, but we will never know because out of all of the Survivor winners, the one who is the most off the grid is Natalie. She basically disappeared after this. I don't blame her. She got a lot of backlash for daring to win this season over the great Russell Hans. So, uh, yeah. Natalie, Sorry people voted for me. <laughs> Natalie's in the wind. Uh, I don't know if she's done. You know, maybe, like, after the reun- you know, reunion show, she obviously did some press, like, right away, but then, like, immediately after Survivor, she's gone. She's, like, the biggest question mark of all the Survivor winners. With Brian Hyde at probably second place, but yeah, she's who knows. Hmm. Well, no, uh, almost nothing about her game from her perspective, which is, is sad. Kelly wants to know what Russell's like outside of the game. It's like, is he like this? And Russell's like, no, I, I value honesty, integrity, and loyalty. But, but <laughs> I'm gonna go puke. I mean, what? Like, if 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 you're saying that this is like the way that you are, like outside the game, like I th- I think he should have taken it one step further and been like. That's me outside the game. And then just kind of doubled down and been like, but I'm able to separate that. It doesn't seem like you're able to, like, recognize the difference between those two things. Do it in a nice, nicer way. the answer. Uh, I've thought about this question a lot because I, you know, what would, what would, if somebody asked me this question, I would say, like, if I'm, you know, back home, if I'm playing, like, a board game, video game, Mario Party, yeah, I'm cutthroat, ruthless, and I'll, I'll, I'll slice anyone's throat all day long because I like to win. I'm competitive. Besides that, no, I don't do any of this stuff, you know, but it's a game, you know, I'm trying to win here. So, but bringing up honesty and integrity and loyalty, blah, you could say like, yeah, parts of me are like this outside of the game, parts of me aren't, but trying to say your biggest uh, values, your honesty, integrity, and loyalty, get that out of here. I, I agree, and it's mostly because I say keep honesty, integrity, and loyalty out of any jury stump speech or any sort of final tribal council answer. Less is more. Are you like this outside of the game? No, I'm not. This is a game. That's life. I I'm hope, like this in Monopoly. Like, like, I hope you believe me, but I can understand why you can't. He needed to own who he is more. And I think if he was more like, hey, this is who I am, I think he might have gotten a few more votes. Maybe. Don't know for sure, but you know, didn't he didn't help himself here because it's like Kelly, Kelly does not believe him. For well, a yeah, one thing to address: I don't know how many of these people came in with their minds made up on how they were going to vote. I, from just like hearing what Ryan had to yeah. say a little bit, it seems like they had half of their mind made up. It was. It was more that they knew they weren't going to vote for Russell and didn't know who the winner was going to be. Yeah, they were leaning Mick coming in, and then Mick just falls apart immediately, and they go to Natalie instead. Possibly. That's what I have heard. Sure. Through interviews and stuff. Other um, than the two. <laughs> um, yeah, John and Shambo, their own thing. Monica asked Mick why the others shouldn't win. Mick says Natalie didn't do anything. That's kind of pot calling the kettle black there, and Mick. Yes, yes it is. Russell's overly devious, and Russell's like, you were fine with me being overly devious when it benefited you in the game. You were giving me high fives and congratulating me on an awesome move. So, I mean, what's more, what's worse, the snake or the person who follows the snake? 
Fair point. Yeah, Fair but, point, but I think Mick could have had a nice rebuttal here and been like, yes, that was part of my strategy to let you dig your own grave by being the devious one. I knew you were going to do that, so I used that to my advantage and just followed suit there. And then you let the jury make up their mind. Basically. But don't let Russell get the last word on your jury question, yeah. Mick. And finally, Eric comes up and he gives... A stump speech. The first, uh, we're going to get several stump speeches throughout Survivor. We've, we've, we've had a few. Yeah. We've had a few. I think this is my favorite one of the ones we see. And it's out of nowhere because Eric's like, Derek said Eric is a very annoying juror. Yeah, he was so, he, he emoted everything. He was very self-righteous. You could tell he felt victimized by the fact that he got blindsided because he overplayed a hand that, uh, you know, John gave him but regardless of that fact he was a very annoying juror but then he comes out and says something very very poignant insightful or or insightful or uh, i i don't even know there's a better word out there i'll try and drum it up while you're talking a little so he basically says mick you were elected leader and you were terrible uh the worst leader ever to be fair i mean he was elected leader on the first day on first impressions like that's a little harsh on mick but whatever um, and he did a really great job of just shedding that role. Yeah, you don't want to be the leader, so whatever. Yeah, this is something that we credit to Mick. That, yep. was, that was a good job. That was a job well done. And then Russell was unethical and proud about it. And then Natalie's being seen as weak and undeserving. Well, why is being weak and undeserving worse than being proud about being an unethical person? Why? What makes that worse? You know, if she sees herself as unworthy of winning, maybe that makes her actually the most worthy of winning because Russell is so arrogant and unethical and, and Mick is kind of entitled uh, because like, oh, I'm a good guy. I deserve to win. Why is that worse? Maybe you should win. I'm voting for you. I think the the way that he phrased it is what really, I guess, left an imprint on me. He said, why is Russell's wrong way to play the game any better than Natalie's wrong way to play the game? And he throws up air quotes because he's saying reality is reality and we have a chance to address reality. And so he's saying, I would never play Survivor like any one of you three. But if you all played it wrong, why should we respect Russell's wrong more than we respect Natalie's wrong? And he was basically saying there is no wrong way to play Survivor. There's just how we feel. And he feels Natalie should win. It was really a great speech and way more. And you said, you said insightful. I'll use the word. It was way more insightful than I thought it was going to be. And we haven't had anyone articulate that type of game, that type of strategy, that type of um, validation or validity to a game like that before. So he's the first one to do it. And I was really impressed. It's a very, very well put together speech. I liked it a lot. He had a long time on Ponderosa to think about it. <laughs> he, to, to ponder his ah. speech, Ponderosa. You're, you're stupid and I hate you. <laughs> you liked it. You know it. Natalie wins seven to two to zero. Russell gets two votes. Mick gets zero. Uh, Shambo and John both vote for Russell. Sorry, so Natalie Mick. Wins. <laughs> so, sorry, Mick. So this brings us to the, the question, who would we have voted for? And I just want to remind everybody, we see 1% of 1% of what actually happened on the island. We can only go with what we saw in the show. As biased as that may be, what else do you want from us? We weren't there. This is the best we can do. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I would have voted for Russell. Based on what I saw, based on what he was able to accomplish in the game, just on paper, if Russell and Natalie both apply for the title of Soul Survivor to... Uh, uh, an HR director, right? And they bring in their survivor resumes as much as I hate the idea of a resume. And this honestly makes me feel valid about hating the survivor resume on paper. Russell gets that job 10 times out of 10. 
because he's got everything measurable, intangible, all of these things, you know, competitive drive, a comeback, all of these things he can credit to his name. And everything that Natalie can kind of credit to her game, Russell kind of also did to a greater magnitude. But what the person in the interview isn't going to do is say, oh, by the way, I burned every bridge along the way. I have absolutely no friends and no network to show for it. I cannot bring in new business from past clients. I can't do any of this. You're not going to get that in a 45-minute interview. And that's where Survivor is different. That's where life is different, and it's why I hate the Survivor resume. The edit only gave us the resume, and if that's all I have, it's all I can use. It's the only tool that was given to me. It's Russell. And I don't like it. I, I, it's an incomplete, but I'd vote for Russell. Yeah, I would have also voted for Russell. A couple of years ago when I watched this season going into Final Tribal, it was very clear to me that Russell was going to win the game. After it, all the jury questions and all the speeches and everything like that, when the votes were being read, I'm like, yep, it's Russell. Cool. I was wrong. But strictly from what we were shown, I would have hands down voted for Russell. And it's actually not even that close. Now, if you actually toss me out onto the island and I spend 39 days with him and I'm actually part of the the impact that he has on the game, my vote might actually change. I don't I don't know. It, it, it depends on the way that I the relationship that I end up having with him. I absolutely can see why people would vote for Natalie. But me personally, I would have voted for Russell. So my criteria, who had the best social game? Natalie. Who had the best strategic game? Russell. Who had the best physical game? It was a tie between Russell and Mick. They both had the best, uh, they both won one immunity challenge. That's how I break down my vote if I was on the jury. Everyone is entitled to do it their own way. Based on that, I'd vote for Russell. Tied for physical, and then he had the strategic game. I, I vote for Russell. Now, even though I would vote for Russell, and I, I do value the strategic game probably the most overall, that's not going to be the most common thing. More people are going to, more jurors in general are going to value the social game more, and that's something you need to, you know, we talked about this earlier. Going into the game, most jurors are going to value the social game the most, so you really need to take that into consideration. Not all of them are going to view it that way. John clearly didn't. Who knows the shamble? But, you know, John is someone who seemed to value the strategic game most, and that's fine. You know, it's a, it's a random selection of people. Who knows what it's going to be? So you need to understand your jury. And, you know, the three of us on the jury, we vote Russell, let's say. Okay, great. And if Russell wins, great. He had us read correctly. That wasn't the case of this group of people. I don't like it when people call them bitter. You know, they consider the social game more important, and that is totally acceptable. So I, just because I I'm bo- I would have voted for Russell based on the information, what I saw doesn't make Natalie's win any less legitimate. Absolutely not. And the last thing that I'll say on this If Russell was the way he was on day 39 for the other 38 days, I will vote for anybody but Russell. (laughs) I will go into final tribal council and let the other two duke it out as it sounds like it was maybe happening. If that's the way Russell was all the time, if that's what it was like living with him, so pig-headed, so uh, self-righteous, so conceited, punching down, trying to punch down on other people without any need or consequence or fear for repercussion— yeah, I'm going to stick that to you with my vote, 100%. That is not what the edit gave us for the first yep. 38 days. It showed him being a jerk to the confessional or to to the camera in, in confessional and then basically being good with a few moments here or there, but everyone has moments. I still give Edge Natalie, but nothing that would warrant him to lose the game based on his other accomplishments. 7-2, to two, that is a decisive victory. Yep. So even though I would vote for Russell based on the edit, I bet if I'm on that island, I wouldn't. Very likely. Impossible to say for sure. And Ryan, you like to, uh, when you when you uh, give out like your awards and stuff like that, you like using like a point system. I do use point and, system. And yeah. you use it as a very even point system. Yeah. 
I feel like when you give out like a, your best like social, strategic, physical, that kind of thing. With everyone else, it's it's almost like it's a, a weighted average instead of like just being, you know, straight even across the board. Each one is worth one single point each and whoever has the most wins. I feel like for the rest of the jury, there's a giant weight weighing down the, the social side. And then, I mean, it's like, like you said, some people might favor uh strategic a little bit more i personally have physical the lowest like it it, it it's it's almost like a tiebreaker than yep. anything for me uh i r- hardly ever look at it unless they're like challenge beast and winning like four or five challenges so it, uh, i completely understand that uh it's just interesting how everyone values that differently which is why you can't assume that everyone's going to be making their decisions the same way when you're going into tribal council and when you're deciding who to bring to the end as well and i think this is like the biggest lesson overall for people who are listening to this podcast i'm assuming a lot of you are super fans not all of you but there's gonna be a lot of you and a lot of super fans especially in this you know in the russell era you know it's, it's changed a little bit nowadays uh, a lot of them value the strategic game most and they assume and believe everyone does and should vote that way and value the strategic game most and they're just that that idea like this is what you should value. You are completely missing the point of Survivor if that's the way you're thinking about it. You need to understand what they value. They don't need to cave to you. So, um, yeah, that's that probably the biggest takeaway from this is understanding what does the jury value. And there's no right or wrong answer there. Um, and as soon as you can accept that, the, the sooner you can win the game. And that means that uh, if you're playing like Russell and you commit to that early on, you might lose that season before you even get your feet beneath you. And yeah. that's, that's a risk that you might just run coming out strong and trying to stay hot the entire time. So Russell's going to play again. Shocker. Do <laughs> you guys want to see it? I do want to see it again. It's almost purely as a, a character study. Because I want to see, does he do the same thing? Does he recognize where he went wrong and how he lost to a Natalie whose resume was truly non-existent? Um, or not non-existent, but measurables aren't really there yep does he recognize that can he change it based on who he is on the island and who we see at the reunion show i don't think he can do it i really don't and maybe i'm wrong i'd love for him to prove me wrong and i'm always open to that that being said he's been monumental even just in this season in changing the game he needs to come back if you have a returner season and you don't offer an invitation to Russell, you're a bad producer. <laughs> Fair. Completely agree. Would would be really intrigued to see how he changes his game after, you know, seeing himself in action. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. You, you gotta bring it back. You gotta see what happens next. Uh, reunion show, Russell's gonna win the fan favorite. Overall, I'd say pretty fun show. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Russell-centric, but, you know, pretty on par with the rest of the season. <laughs> and again, by the way, more of uh, if this is how Russell acted all the time, I can see why he lost, because... He and was, you can see it on his face that he is surprised. He yep, is he is shooketh. He he is devastated. Surprised. He's upset. He literally tries to buy the title of Soul Survivor off of Natalie for ten and then one hundred thousand dollars. He's tearing up on stage. He's upset. He's he's sad. Feel a little bad for him. Because well, he feels like he's been robbed. Yeah. <laughs> Me, an empath, very sad for Russell Hands. Uh, not not really though. Like I mean, he, I, if, you know, it's, it's something really important to him, and you know. He, you lost it. That's that sucks. Especially when he, in his words and a lot of other people's words, he played the greatest up until this point. Played the greatest strategic game of all time. 
strategically, I can't argue with it. Uh, through the first 19 seasons, there's definitely an argument that he strategically is the best. It's, it's so interesting, though, because unless you have you have such a colossally bad social game, can you even pull off a strategic game like that? <laughs> but the, these are all things where if you're drawing out that spider graph or that star graph, you know, who knows what's possible, right? But needs to be balanced. But again, I, I it just I see the poor sportsmanship. I know he has feelings. He's entitled to them. But like, you, you got to try and be an adult in yeah. the room filled with adults. He could have handled it better. You know, I'm not going to, you know, blame him for being upset. You know, you can't help what you feel. But like some of the stuff he said was like, OK, come on. Come on. Yeah. You know, be a little more gracious. You could be surprised that you lost. But also like, hey, you know, congrats, you know, congratulations, Natalie. She's a great girl. I wish I had won. I think I should have won. But, you know, Natalie's a great person and I think she'll do good things with the money. Boom. There you go. Yep. The PR, baby. <laughs> uh, Josh, best player of the season. Who do you got? And yeah. then just a reminder, uh, for best worst player of the season, we only count the people who made the merge of so the final 12. Yeah, this uh, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. I'm going to go with Russell here. The only really the only other person that you could go with is Natalie. But I said it earlier, I think that Russell more lost this season than Natalie won it. And Russell is a great player who is one change away from just sweeping this this entire final vote now the the biggest challenge that he has is that it's a core of his personality (laughs) so it's something that can it be changed maybe we'll find out we'll find out but it's also one of the most difficult things to be able to change but it, it is one very small thing nonetheless i can still in good faith give him the best player of the season and and with a certain cast, he would have won. Sure. Not this. Like I said before, the same, the exact same game could have a different result. So I'm also gonna give it to Russell, mostly because almost everybody in the season I'm gonna give an incomplete to, and the few that I'm not giving an incomplete to, I'm giving a bad. <laughs> so by default, Russell's best player of the season. The entire point of this season seems to be to revolve around Russell as the center of this universe. For that reason, I agree with Ryan. Everyone gets an incomplete. Even the people who played badly, I almost feel like they get an incomplete except for Shambo. Yeah. So you have to give it to Russell. If you're stat stacking, I mean, he's strategic off the chart. He's socially in the negative, and he's physically very good. If you add all those together, he might still end up as the most complete player on the season. But it's 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 so hard to gauge. I, I don't... It's like I don't even want to call him best. I just want to call him the most complete or the the the, the picture that we saw most clearly. Yeah. It's like, you know, you snapped a, a picture of a unicorn and a Bigfoot and the one of Bigfoot is slightly more in focus. So you're like, aha, that's the better picture. I don't know, man. You know, I feel like a teacher and I have 12 students and two of them turned in their assignments, Russell and Shambo. Russell has like a C plus and Shambo has a fail and everybody else just didn't do it. So... Okay, guess what? You're the top of the class, Russell. I guess Russell sets the curve. <laughs> and, I, and I think Natalie also handed her homework in. Maybe she handed it in a couple of days late and got like a B. <laughs> uh, Natalie didn't do her homework. She's just like really nice. There you go. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she, teacher's pet. No, uh, she did all of her homework, but she just tests very poorly. Oh, okay. She, uh, she wrote the admissions essay very, very well. <laughs> For, I'll, I'll go next. Now, for worst player of the season, I'll start us off. Um, kind of the same thing. It's a bit of an incomplete. Um, I'll give out two dishonorable mentions. John, who I think had the worst move of the season by not going to rocks. Just really screwed himself over. Mick, just because he fell apart, he gave a terrible final travel council performance, and he just, like, 
didn't have the awareness to know his place in the game and how actually like he wasn't that good. But honestly, it's got to go to Shambo just because she's so erratic and all over the place. Like she's almost impossible to grade, but I can grade grade her badly, and I will. So she's my worst player of the season. I also have Shambo as the worst. You already touched on all the reasons. I just want to really highlight a dishonorable mention to John because when you look at the fall of Galu post merge, John is the one who talked Eric into making a really stupid move, and then he tried to redeem himself by unsuccessfully talking to Dave about how Russell probably has another idol, and then promptly the next episode decides, you know what, 12.5% chance to go home is literally literally too high to give me any chance to win this game. So then continues the dismantling of Galu and then ultimately goes home because he fell for Russell telling him, oh yeah, we can, we can go FOA FOA next time. It feels like almost everything he did post-merge was bad, was wrong. But that being said, after all that, if he makes it to the end with Shambo, he wins. Yeah. So... That means that he's not a complete zero, and I have to give it to Shambo. Yeah, I really wanted to give it to John just because of the couple of bad moves that he made. But I'm not going to rehash the things that you guys said because it's all the things that that I was thinking with his moves after the merge. It's really got to be Shambo. I I almost want to not even consider her just because it's like she's not even playing the game. (laughs) Really, we we talked about her just voting with emotion, and that that's some season one stuff there. But you know, a bad player is a bad player. She's a piece on the board. She's the bomb that needs to be so, defused. So she has to be in consideration, and since she is, she is the worst player of the season. Uh, Jeff, watch Derek. You got anything for Jeff? Watch. I actually do this time. So season nineteen, Jeff during tribal council was a lot more like season seventeen, Jeff. And if you remember what I said way back in Gabon, Jeff really didn't seem like he was having that much of a good time, and it wasn't quite to that extent. But Jeff was getting snippy, and instead of you know trying to dig a little deeper with a follow up question to Monica, he'd be like, "No, you're wrong." To Russell, he'd be like, "No, you're wrong." To John, he'd be like, "No, you're wrong." To Dave, he'd be like, "No, that's not the answer." This is the answer. Respond to me. And normally, if this is like a one-off thing or it's a really tense moment or maybe the cast just isn't giving him what he wants, I can see this. But it happened consistently in this post-merge to the point where I was actually a little bit jarred by it. I was like, Jeff, you keep doing this. Like, what's wrong? So that is my bit for Jeff Watch. It felt like a regression from 18. It seemed like he was having much less fun on 19 than 18. Maybe the weather was getting to him, too. Maybe the weather was getting to him, Which too. Which brings us to the weather report. Brings us to the weather report. So just looking at the post-merge, it honestly didn't seem that bad. A couple light rainstorms. If you take the season as a whole, that like seven-day, 15-day, whatever monsoon is the most miserable 15-day stretch in Survivor history that I've seen. And that's any season that I've, that, I, that I've seen, which is all but 20 through 26, right? So I am not jealous. I think that overall, because of that first half, this is easily top five hardest seasons weather-wise so far. Um, and it might even be top three. Top have, tier for sure. Yeah, yeah. like there might be an S tier and this would be in it. Yeah, maybe along something like a, your Africa, uh, maybe a Marquesas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, rough, rough season. Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh, you are our memorability consultant. That I am. So you get to go back, delve into the archives and figure out what is the most memorable moment from the season. In the pre-merge, uh, your most memorable moment was Russell Swan collapsing and getting evacuated. Yes, sir. Um, what was your most memorable moment from the the post merge? 
honestly, if you compare it to the pre-merge, there wasn't a whole lot here. It's a very important post-merge, like we talked about, just for the game as a whole. But as far as memorable moments, it does not compare. The only two things that I have is Russell finding the second idol. I vividly remember him just finding it under the bridge. It was almost more impressive than the first one that he found, mm. as unbelievable as that might be. And then the second one is really just, it, it, it's difficult because it's basically just Jeff reading the votes. The that, final votes? The final votes. Okay. And that moment where you're just like, holy crap, what? <laughs> and it, it, it's tough because it's not like a one-frame moment. Sure. But th- I, that is the winner from the post-merge, at least, is that realization that Russell just lost the game. Especially as a first-time viewer. Sure. Now, I'm kind of at a dilemma because that goes up against an extremely memorable moment in Russell fainting. So I would like a little bit of input here on what you guys think i think uh, russell swan's collapse blows uh the post-merge out of the water i agree it was just such a strong moment that i was so caught off guard but it, it's more the shock value than anything russell swan had a shock value to his as well but at least him crunched over and being medically evacuated and being what we learn is near death yeah i would agree that that would win. Okay. So Russell Swan's medical evacuation, most memorable moment of Samoa. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Exactly what you think. It came from Russell. <laughs> hey, Russell. <laughs> All right. Last thing we have to do before we wrap up for good uh, for the, uh, season 19 Samoa, we have to do our season rankings. We have to place Samoa in the rankings. I'm done. I got mine ready to go. I'll go first. In order, from best to worst, I have Palau, Pearl Islands, Token Chains, Vanuatu, Micronesia, China, Borneo, the Amazon, Fiji, Guatemala, Panama, and Samoa. Then following, uh, then it's Africa, Australia, Gabon, Marquesas, Cook Islands, All-Stars, Thailand. So I think it's 12th place overall. I'll go next. So just as a reminder, my number one season through 19 season so far, season 16, uh, then 15, 10, 18, 7, 6, 9, 11, 2, 14, 12, 1, 17, 3, 13 and coming in at 16th place right after cook islands for me is samoa followed then by all stars marquesas and thailand so fourth from the bottom i would say one above that or in one tier above my bottom which is marquesas and thailand kind of together back to back like i said before this was just it was fascinating to watch but not entertaining this edit was bonkers it made it really hard to try and enjoy all of the wonderful things that were going on behind the scene, but it really was Russell and Shambo featuring some others. And I was just really turned off by that. Russell Shambo and some background extras and a CGI character. Yep. I will throw an asterisk on here and say that the challenges on this season were really remarkable on the whole. And I, and the location was beautiful and horrible. And that's why I'm so upset at what the editors did to this season. It's almost like I'm disappointed in it because its potential is so high and it didn't hand in its homework. Well, the good news is next season we're staying in Samoa. I'm actually really happy to know that. Uh, Josh, where are, you, where are you putting it? My order top to bottom is China, Pearl Islands, Micronesia fans are his favorites, Token Jeans, Palau, Amazon, Vanuatu, Borneo, Australia, Guatemala, Fiji, Panama, Africa, and then Samoa. 14th place. And Derek, you have it at 16th. Yep. And Ryan, you're at 12th. Okay. 
honestly, that's about as low as I would put it. I think I would put it up as high as about kind of where you're at, like maybe like the 11-ish range. I feel like it's kind of just in that that tier there. Yeah, I think I enjoy this season more than most people. I mean, there's some people who live and die by this season, but uh, those are rare. I mean, I don't... I, I like the post-merge a lot. I really, I think the post-merge is extremely entertaining. That's why I put it a little higher than you guys, I think. Uh, but I, I, I think the thing that brings it down the most is just the uneven edit and the questions that you have at the end. Yeah. There's some people who put the season as dead last. I mean, now, I, you know, in a post-39 world, uh, maybe it's Good not dead last. Good luck with that. <laughs> maybe it's not dead last anymore, but it's, you know, there's lots of people who just despise the season. I think that's fair, but it's still an important season. All right, so we're done with Survivor Samoa. We're moving on to season 20, Heroes versus Villains. Guys, I have a little homework assignment for all of us. Uh, what I would like us to do before we watch the premiere of season 20, I want us to make our own list. 10 heroes, 10 villains. Who would you put on the season uh, before we uh, know the cast list? I mean, Josh obviously knows it, but, you know, you do it anyway. I can still look at previous seasons. And, um, yeah. Who would we put on there? And then once we get to the actual cast, we'll, we'll talk about our list. And, you know, there's a few people who might be obvious choices, but they couldn't do it for whatever reason. And so who would you pull in <laughs> instead? So a little homework assignment for us this time. We're finally here, Heroes versus Villains. Heroes versus Villains. This is a season that I had to ignore on Netflix for a long time. And yep. people are like, oh, would you watch season 20 or 28? I'm like, well, I wouldn't watch season 20 unless you've watched the first 19. Because I had an idea of what it was after people started talking about it. Like, oh, these two seasons went on Netflix. I'm like, oh, well, thanks a lot, Netflix. I've been <laughs> trying to stay green on this. But it's really hard to ignore when they're like, hey, we think you might like Survivor. I'm like, well, gee willikers, how did you guess that algorithm? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Is it my Twitter bio that says co-host on Castaway Pod? <laughs> uh, so next time we'll be doing the pre-merge of season 20, Heroes versus Villains. Hot take. Ready for my hot take? Most overrated season of Survivor. Ooh, wow. I mean... Little tease. I mean, it's hard to not be overrated when... It's <laughs> commonly in people's, like, top three. All right. Severely Ooh. overrated. Criminally overrated, I would say. Uh, okay, okay. We're going to get a classic Ryan hot take on the next one. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, not, I'm not sure if I agree with Ryan we'll, on this we'll, one. We'll, so. see if we, we'll see if I fall into the masses because, again, I'm pretty green on this. I, I feel like I might know some things, but I don't really know anything else i i know i'm being intentionally vague here because i don't want to say anything for people who haven't seen it but i i might know one thing and we'll see there's two people on this planet that i've seen who don't seem to care for this season that's myself and my dad i don't know my, who hates it more but I, and i guess i don't want to say i hate it but i i don't like it so i it's a super hot take there's so many people who have you know a lot of people say it's the best season top five is very common almost everyone has it in their top 10 or five and then there's me and like I'll talk about it, <laughs> but uh, I think this is we'll see. Yeah. criminally overrated. And I believe I'll have a few more notes, too, from when I watched this a couple mm -hmm. of uh, years ago, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be interesting to talk about. There's there's plenty to talk about. I'll say that much. Anything else, guys? Uh, no, I think that's no, it. I don't think so. You can follow us on Twitter at CastawayPod, and go ahead and give us a five-star review on your podcast list of choice. We deserve it, because we just sat through Survivor Samal <laughs> for you people. Yeah, and uh, this ended up being a little bit longer. 
mostly because there's so much good information here but thank you for making it to the end and if you like this format of the rewind series if you're new to the podcast and all that jazz like ryan said subscribe but also go back and listen to some of the other stuff pick out a favorite season of yours give it a good old listen and tweet us we'll, we'll talk to you if you have any thoughts on like do you like samoa or uh, do you like heroes versus villains am i dead wrong about heroes versus villains go ahead and tell me are you one of the people who uh still think that russell should have won yeah yeah uh go ahead and tweet us so hey, we'll, we can we'll have respond. a conversation about it and good people we actually did get a new review okay Ooh. a five star from potato 500 on 12 2021 do you think he owns 500 potatoes hope so or she maybe maybe they're from idaho let us know it says very good this podcast is excellent it has amazing episodes entertaining hosts except for ryan i'm assuming <laughs> and really makes me laugh you guys are amazing keep up the good work sincerely the resident super fan of my family who refused to watch survivor man well we can be your survivor family and yes. we will talk about survivor and love it as much as you do that is why we're here it's comments like these that it's the reason that we do this whole thing. So thank you, Potato500, and let us know where you at. Thank you very much. That was very nice. That was nice to read. Yeah, reach out to us on... Uh, I'm not sure where you found that, Derek, but... This was on Apple uh, Apple Reviews or uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so if you use any sort of social media, whatever you use, reach out to us there, too. All right, this has been the Castle Consultants. Got nothing else for you. Good night.